Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that in its search for a catchphrase has heard that prolonged energon exposure can lead to depth perception loss. This week, I'm Greg. I'm John. I'm Jordan. And I'm Kendall. And this week, we have watched Beast Wars Episode 2. Last week, we, of course, did Beast Wars Episode 1. So we are continuing that one going on in the series and hopefully going forward for the rest of the series uh, each week on Saturdays on AudioEntropy.com. So last week was a bit of a long episode. Did a bit of cutting out of stuff in the end. Wound up being pretty good overall, I think, for our second episode. This episode, not as much, I guess, exposition, really, you could say, or or explanation as we had in the first episode. It sort of gets down to the action pretty quickly. Yeah, I... I forgot how much exposition there was in the first episode when I rewatched it today. And I just remember how much, like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just, sometimes I love just sci-fi techno babble that you can really tell is gibberish. Like sometimes, sometimes you watch sci-fi stuff and you like think maybe this was, maybe they had some consultant on or something. But in that first episode, when they're talking about the trans warp drive and stuff, like you just know that this per that the writers like watched star Trek and that's the extent of their understanding of of those words. <laughs> and, well, I feel like the the first episode was heavy in exposition. They did it well enough and, and naturally enough that I didn't really it wasn't really a problem. Yeah, I felt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 established no. These are the rules. This is you. you we got to be in beast mode most of the time, and then we can get into we can turn into robots and and uh and this is why you know we're not we're not in disguise we the the beast forms are you know they establish the plot device to keep them in beast mode which um as weird and nonsensical as the rationale is uh it it at least works as a plot device really well and uh yeah so they were able to just like uh transform a bunch in this in this episode yep you guys notice they they transfer they went back and forth between their robot form and beast form. I felt like a lot in this episode. There was a few, quite a few changes, yeah, and even times where they weren't even using the activation codes to transform. Right, right, yeah. I mean, like Dinobot kind of puts a heavy emphasis on that, as we'll see. But it doesn't seem like they actually need to save the things to do it, which no. is convenient because that would kind of. Like what if one of their like voice modulators got messed up and they're just like stuck in the mode mm. that they're in? Or somebody just takes advantage while they're in the midst of saying it and they're already transformed and just blasts them away while they're in mid transformation. <laughs> That's against cartoon rules. He's oh, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean it's just like it's just like how like somebody can be falling and then the Power Rangers can can summon their Zords. They go through the whole entire Zord summoning and transformation sequence and still catch the person before they hit the ground. That's true. And we've already established that evil is stupid, hence why good always wins. Yes, so. yes. Okay, so um, so let's uh, jump into uh, Kendall Reads from IMDb, which I do want to spe- specify. You guys can add, add as much trivia as you want to this segment, but my research is going to be limited to what is on the IMDb page. Just I think I think I should have standards like that, yeah. <laughs> um, and so be, and so because of that, this episode I don't have a lot. So it looks like I'm, I'm betting that every episode is going to have this. Uh, but in Japan, the episode was called Taosei Destron or Beat the Destrons, 
in Japan, uh, unsurprisingly, Predacons were known as the Destrons, which m- I assume that Dest must have some. I wonder if that's like the name for the Predacons. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I wonder if like Destron, because like Destro is is a uh, no. GI Joe doesn't have origins in Japan, does it? I I don't think so. It wouldn't make a lot of sense because they're the real American. No, because maybe no. they're trying yeah, to even... play on destroy. But I mean, Predacon makes more sense just because like yeah. it's more animalistic. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I just I wonder if like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it does sound like a play on destroy, just like Destro from the GI Joes. But I wonder if it's also like a a Japanese word that has a, or it's like a part of thing. I don't know. I don't know anything about ja- about Japanese language except for that uh, the dubbed versions of animes are always better, and that's an objective fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we have any <laughs> listeners out there who who have some information on Destros and the wording choice for their names, by all means, uh, sub- I will, submit a comment. I will point out that the the TF Wiki says under about the information about the the Japanese title that. At the end, where you know we'll get to it, where he, where Primal has his dramatic speech in the Japanese version, the Maximals all commented how cool and dramatic his statement was, and then it's, and then in <laughs> and then in parentheses it says all except Dinobot, anyway, who remains a stick in the mud. <laughs> so they're all just like Sugoi. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to hear that now. I definitely did track down the Japanese version and watch that one scene. I might have to track that sound clip down just to put in at the end of the episode now. Cool. <laughs> I might Brawler. have to do that. Yeah, I, get, I ho- hopefully you can hear the, the emotion in, in their voices in Japanese because yeah. we can't do subtitles on a podcast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and there was no blooper at the start this time, so I don't have that to put at the end. Yeah, you, you failed us in your inability to fail. <laughs> So, uh, so the other piece of trivia trivia here is that the standing stones make their first appearance, which you guys told me is the Stonehenge thing yes. uh, yeah. that, that shows up, which is uh, apparently important at some point. I very vaguely remember them, but not really. There, um, there is an episode, I want to say it's either four or five, that we actually address that. Not right. early. Yeah. Cool. Well, probably, I mean, I would imagine that these types of shows seem to sort of uh, sort of reveal a lot of their ongoing themes in the first, like, couple of episodes because they don't know how long the show's actually going to last and then they kind of, you know, drag it out. Um, some And then some goofs, according to the IMDb page, it says, when Waspinator attacks the Maximals from the air, the stripes on his thorax are aligned on the wrong axis. So I didn't see that wow. but i assume that happened uh, someone has guys... a very high attention to detail because i don't know how anyone would notice that <laughs> well it's so, interesting because like there's there's like no there's like hardly any trivia but that's a thing that's a thing that this episode has they were really reaching i <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta yeah. find something <laughs> there has to be a mistake in this episode somewhere also it says in the final shot as the camera zooms out of the image of optimus primal and dinobot and none of the others who had previously been following them can be seen. Huh. Which, yeah, I also didn't catch when I watched it, even though I read these before I watched the episode. And uh, then there is a little plot hole, which we'll probably, uh, we'll probably catch, but 
when the when all the missiles were going to hit that mountain and Scorponok points it out, like how did he? What made him think that that would be relevant? Mm. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that when it happens. But definitely, that made no sense to me as I was watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that is that is all the trivia. There's some it has like some quotes uh, on IMDb, but that is all the trivia here. And I didn't uh, look into any of the voice actors, so yeah. Oh, I was looking into that for reasons later that we'll get to. Yes, I yeah. was gonna. I was gonna look into the Scorpionok voice actor because for whatever reason he's the first one listed in the cast on this episode. Is it alphabetical? I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess that would make sense because he's Don. Don Brown is his name, and he was actually. I did look. I did look at him, and he's in something. He was somebody, and I was like, who's that? And now my Skype connection is probably going to go out because I actually clicked on things. <laughs> yeah, you, you actually garbled a little bit for a second. <laughs> oh, really? I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, okay. He was King Kai in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, as well as Hercules. Huh. And, uh, I kind of hear it now. He's like a deeper-voiced King Kai. Yeah. I meant to pay attention to that when I watched the episode, but I did not. And I could... Yeah, I can sort of hear... Between Scorponok and Hercule, I can I can sort of hear that too, yeah. And it's it's like the Funimation DBZ or the Ocean Studios DBZ. I uh, assume it would have to be the Ocean Studios, wouldn't it? It, it must be, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is. It says well, Canadian like, version. Okay, that's Ocean yeah, Studios. So that's Ocean, Ocean Studios is Vancouver yeah. uh, recording studio. Okay. They recorded like a Scott McNeil did a lot of work for them, so that's, that makes sense too. Yeah. He's one of like their actors. You guys are so knowledgeable. <laughs> this is this is good. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and he did other voice work too, but uh, that was the thing that jumped out at me. <laughs> any other uh, trivia stuff or? No, that that is literally all. There was hardly any trivia. So cool. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say. Um, last week we got the question of uh, Did you ever make an OC? And then you ca- we kind of jointly made together an elephant character. <laughs> Yes. Which was pretty cool. When I was listening to that, I was thinking like about whatever ones there could be, and I was thinking a frog would be pretty cool. Yeah, a frog would have been pretty never nice. had a, Yeah, he could like maybe like have a really high jumping distance but not quite fly, and maybe his tongue would like turn into a whip while he's in robot form. Mm. Oh, that'd be yeah. pretty cool. And, like a sticky whip. What were the things people. What was the things from uh uh the Transformers movies that they kept like feeding people to, the Sharkacons or whatever? Yep. And they had they had those bull whip tails that, like I remember the toy when it transformed, you could the tail became like a a, a mace, yes. like a morning star mace toy. Yep. Uh, no, they made them. toys for that. That's pretty. Oh cool. yeah, yeah. Yep. I thought they were kind of just throwaway characters, like oh here's some random guys. <laughs> Certainly not. They made. <laughs> I think they actually re. I think they they either re released or they made a new version of that recently. Yeah, like it's it's weird because like. I think I think for some reason the thing they tend to actually when they have like a character that's supposed to be like oh this is going to be a swarm character that's you know not good on its own but you know you wouldn't want to run into a pack like the Insecticons there was like yeah. maybe like three specific models for them but the idea was that there was just so many of them mm-hmm. and that it, it, there wasn't really any really specific personality to them yeah it was mainly just eat everything it's from what i remember of the g1 series was they were just going to try and eat everything that they could and actually they made a, an appearance in the movie too 
Yeah. Yeah, because they, they were eating, eating the, the door. Wall. Yeah. 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 They had a line. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was all like, it was memorable. But I just don't remember it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I think when they were eating, I think they were talking about the content of the metal or something along those lines, like high in electrons or something. Yeah, something yeah. Like so they stay like repeat electrons too when they say it. They're like electrons, electrons, just something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, let's get down to it then. The start of this episode. We get a bit awesome. of a flashback of the first episode, very condensed scene by scene sort of replay of what happened. And then it immediately goes into where we last left off at the end of the episode. And we pick up right again with Optimus and Dinobot facing off and Dinobot Let's go into primal rage. <laughs> <laughs> and again, there's no people around for him to eat. Oh. So he can't, he can't heal up nope. from his last nope. fight. No. Nope. So Dinobot reiterates his challenge for leadership. He and Optimus one-on-one. The winner shall be leader, the loser. And he comments as he looks down over the precipice into the little canyon below. He he says, it is a long way down. So this whole fight, I was thinking like, and again, this is a wrong thing to think because I, I realized later that... um. That it's not a plot hole, but I'm thinking like Optimus could fly this whole time. I was thinking that. <laughs> I I thought the exact same thing. Now, mind <laughs> you, maybe one of his jets might have been damaged, but he still it was. It was shot in the last yeah. one, yeah. and then later on, he has a line that makes it so that this isn't a plot hole. But this whole time, I was thinking like you can just fly, and I thought it was so <laughs> stupid later. <Yeah. laughs> the show's good yeah. about that. Like in a lesser show, they wouldn't have like addressed that. I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. And it I, wasn't I was... even. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, I was thinking, like, would a fall like that harm them, their robotic forms? Or, like, because, I mean, they they can take a lot of damage, it seems, and they can just be put back together. That's true. You know, so, I mean, other than the fact that a fall meant he lost the fight, I don't see how a fall would actually be bad. And even fast forwarding to, like, near the end of the episode, we see Megatron literally jump off a mountain. It's yeah. true, so, and, they, but, and they and they hit, they hit each other in the stone rocks and shatter them and like yeah. So but yeah, but that's a really ahead. that was a really long way down. And also, yeah. like if I would say at that point, like you know, Megatron. First of all, he's assumed dead at this point at the end of the episode. I mean, obviously he's he's not, but like, <laughs> but like there's I mean spoilers. Him falling <laughs> off a mat. It's not like he's 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 unscathed when he gets blown off the mountain. And then, and then secondly, if Dinobot, if Dinobot loses the fight and falls, they're going to leave him for dead. And then assumedly in, at least in Dinobot's opinion, if he defeats Optimus, then he's going to show that he should be the leader of the Maximals and everyone's going to follow him and they're going to leave, leave him for dead. Like it's possible that maybe if somebody fell and then somebody swooped down and, uh, although none of them can fly except for Optimus <laughs> at this point, so you wouldn't even it would be really it would be a really rough me- rescue mission even if you could. That's true. Yeah, yeah. With the the challenge issued, Optimus sort of retorts saying he he doesn't want to fight him, and Dinobot comes back saying that he doesn't have a choice. Your command center's behind me. No one crosses the bridge until you face me. And they I, can't just hang it? up on him. 
because of reasons. <laughs> the first the the first shot they show of of them on the bridge, like after the thing, if you look back behind them, the Exelons are, yeah, their their ship's gone. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot to put it in there. They forgot where they parked it. <laughs> well, no, they're they're like that bridge is like not super close to the ship though. I thought it was. It's pretty close. I think they run across it right after he picks up Rat Trap. And then he <laughs> they ran, and then well, they, they ran across, across it after he plowed through the the. the I thought box. it was before that. I thought they went over it first before they went through the oh. the wall. You, yeah, wall you guys are probably right. Yeah, I thought it was like he gets he gets on Rhinox's back and picks up Rat Trap and then they cross the bridge. Yeah, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the there's a. Uh, cloaking device on the ship yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe it was just uh you know it's the angle <laughs> see it with the camera angle or maybe it was a plot hole but that's okay it is i mean the, the intention is that he's he's blocking the thing yeah and it's awesome like it's one of the coolest scenes in the whole show i assume it is like like it's, it's pretty it's, good stage I, for a battle it's pretty like dangerous yeah. you know it's, it's like classic like uh Robin Hood and the other guy with quarterstaffs on the log, but way more dangerous because it's not going to fall into a river. Yeah. A river that's like <laughs> knee deep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now, now I'm thinking of that Robin Hood men in tights scene. Oh my god, yes. That scene was my favorite part of that movie. Okay, but, swim. Have seen, but have you seen that, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves? It's, yeah. It's the exact it's, same thing. Like, yeah. You, I you can't swim and it's like the water is like knee deep. Well, and but the thing is, is that I think that was on purpose. They did make jokes about it, about it, and like they made jokes about Prince of Thieves in uh, right, uh, right, in or, 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 like how yeah, Carrie yeah, Elson yeah. says, it, it like was a, uh, it was a pretty direct parody of that. But like, <laughs> I, I, I just I remember because I had seen Men in Tights like eleven times before I saw Prince of Thieves at a like youth group church youth group thing, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that is not, I thought that you know because sometimes you have sometimes you have like uh, when you have especially like a Mel Brooks movie has things that just don't like don't apply directly like they're not it's not a direct like poking fun at this thing it's just like a silly thing and I yeah. assumed that this was one of those things but but no it's like literally now I wish uh, Optimus and um, and Dinobot were fighting with quarterstaffs in their beast forms it's a little rafter with a quarter staff. <laughs> I, do, I do think that, that type of like if um if they had if they were in, I mean it was it was good that uh, that you were dealing with a with a slightly injured Optimus so that you could still argue because I I think that in a fair or in not a fair fight but in a in a fight between Dinobot at his at his peak and Optimus at his peak Optimus wins that fight like yeah. in a second. He's yeah. he's just he's the more expensive toy. <laughs> <laughs> if they've only, like, if only because of the flight, he would probably have an advantage. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, his flight. He's got like, I mean, Dinobot's got like a a spinny like a drill sword thing and something else and a helicopter. Or yeah, like a rotor. Two weapons, like like he doesn't he does reveal another weapon later, which I think we should wait. Who does it? But oh, I don't yeah. even. Remember. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's got okay. Well, but still like. <laughs> Still, like he's 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 not i mean optimus has like has like guns that shoot out of both of his hands and swords and a jet pack and, and shoulder guns and sh- yeah and, and yeah. shoulder yeah i mean he's got he's got it all yeah 
He's the total package. Plus, he's, you know, he's mammals who won the evolution war. (laughs) (laughs) We'll both sit here until one of us goes extinct and it'll be you. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think I do think that it would be really interesting if 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 there if like because of the energon or something like that, if they had to fight in their beast forms, (laughs) that's that would have I mean, and obviously and like later fighting in the we get our wish. (laughs) <laughs> but but I mean, as far as like this specific scene, because it is like this, like, uh, you know, it's like a fair fight kind of thing. I think that fighting them fighting in their beast forms would would be cool. It, it certainly would have been interesting to see how they would have played that out with a raptor versus a gorilla. Mm-hmm. Don't really know how well that could have worked overall. In the grand scheme of them fighting on the bridge, though, I think I think it would have been a bit harder to pull off in their beast forms. Yeah, maybe, Again, I think, Ot- Ot- I think Optimus would have an advantage there too, because he's more grabby, kind of like fall yeah. off the ledge, and 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 a raptor. I don't know. They just they feel like it's hard for a raptor to turn around. Yeah, if he just was got it, behind him and grabbed his tail, like probably like. Wasn't there an episode in the G one cartoon where something similar kind of went down between Optimus and Megatron? Yeah, like, actually, at a, on a, at a on a, dam. Like on a, yeah, like they yeah. were on a basically a bridge, and they like had like a gladiatorial combat of thing. Yeah, because I remember they brought out like, like they had an they did energy weapons on their on their one one hand. Like yes. his, his was an axe and yeah, and Megatron's was a Morning Star mace. And thing. it's the only yep. time they ever do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a shame because it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they got rid of the whole like all the Autobots can fly thing. But they, the, for some reason, they can all just fly in that in that first like two couple episodes. But the That's energy true, weapons would yeah. be deep. Yeah, they're not flying; they're just jumping good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they jump real good, <laughs> really good, and like really well controlled, and like you know across the country. Like in, it's just like Dragon Ball Z. Like they sort of, every, suddenly everyone can fly, but it's like only if they are jumping and they can sort of can manipulate energy or something. I don't know. Yeah. I remember it being at a dam because again, they were at the dam turning the, the dam's energy into energon cubes. Mm. And that's why, yeah, they fought there. And again, there's a, there's a dam in the Michael Bay movie. So I wonder if that was like a reference to that or just a coincidence. Uh, I think it might've been more coincidence. I don't think he was leaning too heavily on the material <laughs> at that point. Awesome. If we could say that he ever did really. <laughs> after Dinobot states that they can't get by Rhinox sort of pipes in asking if they get a say in this whole thing Rat Trap of course is of the mind you know what just let them duke it out themselves Wait, <laughs> be an ass again it. Rat Trap <laughs> Cheetor essentially starts to speak up wants to call out Dinobot and Rat Trap sort of shuts him up then he asked him if he wants to get down with this bad kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Optimus sort of... He, Optimus reiterates what he said in the first episode as well, saying that he wouldn't send anyone to do anything he wasn't willing to do himself. And, of course, Rattrap is like, oh, yeah, right now he says that. Which he already <laughs> said it. Yeah. Again. Like, it's, it's, yeah. Like, it's like the second what or the third. What the hell, Rattrap? <laughs> It's like it was like and, and like okay, it's an episode later, but to them that was like a minute ago. <laughs> like it's <laughs> Yeah, in continuity time it was not that long ago that he actually said that. Exact line. <laughs> yeah. Optimus turns back 
her, well, rather, turns his attention back to Dinobot, sort of getting frustrated at this point, obviously, saying that it's foolish, that they're Maximals, he's a Predacon, to which Dinobot retorts with all the more reason why he should be the one in command. And Optimus <laughs> sort of alludes to, look, I don't know what happened between you and Megatron, making it sound like it was some big... Break up. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as he hears Megatron, Dinobot flips out. He's like, as soon as I take a man, then he's going to fall. And Optus, you know, at that point, I sort of just would have hold, held up my hands a little bit and asked Dinobot if he wanted to talk about it. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you know, I got to say, he, he does kind of, Optimus kind of has a point here. Like when he says, like, you know, we're Maximals and you're a Predacon. Like we're fundamentally, our goal is to just like have peace. Your goal is to conquer everything and have all the power. Like, they're they're two very fundamentally different philosophies. Yeah, that's 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 a little bit racist. Okay, just a little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, not all Predacons. Okay. <laughs> uh, there we go. Hashtag not all Predacons. Yeah. 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 Yes, all Maximals. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, all Maximals are good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Optimus. <laughs> that, that, the line from last week when it's like, oh, the war was over for you, but not for us. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna, that would have, how, how different would the show have been if the Predacons were like a, like a subjugated race after losing the Great War? It would have been completely different, I think. It, it would have like turned the whole dynamic on its head. <laughs> But getting back to the episode, <laughs> Optimus, uh, you know, given everything that's happened, Optimus still offers Dinobot to join them, but reiterates, but you're not going to lead. So Dinobot states in anticipation of it, kind of presumptive, in anticipation of his new role as leader, he reprogrammed his activation code. So... Instead of Dinobot terrorizing everybody, apparently he's going to maximize everybody, yep. or at least Optimus in this case. So they, he and Optimus both transform. Cheetor is about to jump into it. It's what his name weird again. He's like cheater. Yes, he says that cheater again. It's I think like, he a lot of times he calls it, he refers to himself as that. I think throughout the series, as I remember. Like, he probably calls himself that every time, and the only time he ever says is Cheetor is in the first episode. Maybe that's what'll happen. We'll have to keep track of that. <laughs> well, it's not that hard. It's Cheeto with an R at the end. I don't know. Cheeto. Why. <laughs> you know, it, it's not a hard name. It's even yeah. spelled out pretty well. You know, phonetically, there should not be a problem. Yeah, but but if you're like actually talking, like to say like. It's it would be hard it would be hard as a as a performer to sit to refer to yourself as Cheetor without sounding like overly grandiose when it's supposed to be sort of a lighthearted character. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. With him being a kid well, sort of the kid sidekick character and being sort of, you know, plucky and go get him, that sort of yeah. That would that would make sense, I guess. And then um yeah, Retrap stops him. Saying that, like, just let him go out, and Rhinox agrees with him. Yeah, Rhinox is pretty much of the mind, you know, we, we aren't going to be able to, to change their minds on this. We might as well let him, gotta let him finish it. Mm-hmm. 
work it out. And, yeah. and Rat Trap, I think, is just happy to not be involved. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Given the discussion and all the, you know, grabbing at his neck earlier that Optimus was doing on him, I imagine he's, you know, kind of looking forward to seeing the boss monkey get his can kicked a few times. <laughs> the The fight itself is pretty well done, I thought, for the most part. There was some sort of wonky looking modeling, I guess, over the course well, of the fight. Yeah. I like this like big ass flip that he does that Dinobot does in the air and then comes down with the propeller. Yeah, and I, and I swear at one point he does like a fencing pose. Yeah, I think he does. But I like this oh, part yeah. here because it, it looks like Optimus is like, <laughs> oh no, I'm like gonna get hit. But then like, and, and Dinobots are like, yeah, and then he just clocks him in the face, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You think, I you and like, he like knocks him out, like, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> Like that was the thing that I watched it. I was like, I was like, is that how that would work with robots? The, scenes, the scene was set up so that like, oh, Dinobots got him where he wants him, but then Optimus is like, boom, <laughs> just like whatever. <laughs> like false sense of security. <laughs> like I think the rest of the fight kind of to me made sense. I feel like if robots are fighting, then the the win goes is more likely to go to like a to like a pin or a like I wore you out, be, and, you know, so you're out of energy or something rather than, you know, giving the person a concussion. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, you could probably good, give but his, his eyes go all like googly and then his, his head like flops around, but he gets yeah. back up after that. So, yeah, well, he, he sort of catches Optimus with a cheap shot too. And as you sort of mentioned earlier, Dinobot pulls out another weapon in his arsenal that we didn't know he had. And he winds up shooting laser lasers out of his eyes. Yeah, and that's and that's what Optimus gets for trying to spare him. Yeah, I, I imagine like they were looking at the toy and they're like, "This guy doesn't have any guns. <laughs> what can we yeah. give him? Got laser eyes? Okay. <laughs> well, that seems standard for Predacons. Waspinator had laser eyes in in the first episode, which he Does doesn't he? really use anymore. It, after yeah. that, I don't remember that. Yeah, when yeah. when he was a, when he was fighting uh, Cheetor, he he used some laser eyes. Yeah. You know, you know, I would say I would say that probably some of these weapons are just clearly not nearly as effective as 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 intended since, you know, they were just randomly sort of added. I think I feel like every, all the all the all the the Maximals and the Predacons were sort of hastily assembled, you know, because they were just blank slate robots before they were on this planet. So, like, you know, Cheetor's got a gun that can hit that can hit mega make get a direct hit on megatron without him flinching you know and uh and, and you know maybe was just like man these these eye lasers are pretty terrible <laughs> <laughs> i'm never gonna use these again it is shit and, you, know, <laughs> you know you you, you dark guns better yeah. it wasn't like they you know it wasn't like they uh they had like a beta test or, or or any you know anything they they just yeah. they just had that they were just like really quickly being like um well I guess we can do this and there's you know this thing and you know they throw throwing it together and we'll give him a bad pun of a name and <laughs> and that's me. You Speaking know. of hastily together and all that, you can say the same for like the, the car ones, but I guess cars are easier to like <sighs> figure out. 
I was thinking, like, the reason that these Maximals and Predacons are made, I don't know if they get into that in the series, like, the reason that the Maximals, like, became a race, uh, uh, preferable to Autobots, or at, I'm not sure if they live, like, next to each other, if Autobots uh, coexist, I mean, I don't Autobots think it really gets mentioned. But um, yeah. I'm thinking maybe they made the Maximals because, like, I'm pretty sure Earth is the first time they meet bio-life forms. Like, like Cybertron's yeah. entirely yeah. techno-life form, mm-hmm. so they're, like... And then they meet Earth, and they're like, "Hey, there's like these. We're gonna go to other planets and explore them, and meet other life forms. Maybe we should have a, a type of transformer that transforms into like organic life, so that yeah. it can kind of like um, facilitate bit, yeah. uh, negotiations with the life forms and everything. Like something that is more recognizable rather than like just uh, all technology." Well, that makes sense too, from the standpoint of maybe something smaller in those instances where you come across an organic life form that is smaller rather than be so imposing and make them worry that much more when you suddenly show up on the doorstep and are instead of a 15, 20 foot tall robot, you're more you're six a five foot tall rat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and again, like that, that raises different concerns. Cause why would Decepticons want to like, like negotiate with people? But, Maybe they just saw the Autobots doing it, and we're like, "Arms race, let's make like bio transformers as well." <laughs> or maybe they're, or maybe they are an offshoot. I mean, I mean, maybe it's a, maybe they're the same race, but it's a fat, it's a different faction. You know, maybe these are, you know, it's the the Jews and Palestinians. I want to see what you're saying, where it's like they made transformers that could turn into bio organic life, and then. From that like starting point, they branched off in the Maximals and Predacons. I could see that. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know, I know. They realized that if they turn them into reptiles or insects, then they turn evil. <laughs> <laughs> but the possibility of turning good, apparently, with Dinobot. Well, good in quotation marks. Yeah. <laughs> From a certain point of view. So, so Dinobot here in this in this fight, he introduces this this concept of honor. Yes, which is, it works so well. I Did we like. mention like, auto, like uh, Optimus like, like staggering backwards and slipping? I'm not sure if he went over right, that. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He almost did. He he manages to catch himself with his legs on the ledge of the bridge, and Dinobot, you know, holds his sword sword to Optimus's neck, very similar to what Optimus had just done, but then he picks him up by his chest tosses him back on the bridge and then we start into this whole discussion about honor that Dinobot starts with with Optimus. And then he says that he first beat him in the old fashioned way. Brutally. Yes. <laughs> and apparently Such a great line. It is. And apparently so, and, his sword has like multiple settings like a blender. <laughs> yeah. And so he he's, goes up to prep it. He he so goes from honor, like. Oh, sorry. I say your thing. I was just gonna say he's so he's going from instead of blend to smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> so his code of honor says that he should pick up uh, a guy who just slept on his own, and so that's that's a rule we've gotten here so that yeah. he he doesn't like um, hit them when they're down. So let's just let's just put that in the back of our minds for later. Yeah. Well, Continue well. On. <laughs> I think the thing about th- this is, I mean, he's probably being particularly honorable in this fight because it's a it's a duel, 
you know, sure. it's it's not. I would I would imagine I don't know anything about the Middle Ages except for like what I saw in like, you know, uh, that that uh, Monty Python movie, whole, the Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and I haven't even seen that movie in a long time. But I would imagine that that if that like a knight or something, if you were like a knight and you were fighting in a war, you might use a little bit more un, uh, aggressive, underhanded tactics to just like totally you know just just defeat your defeat all of the enemies of the opposing army versus if you met met one other knight on the battlefield and you you know did the whole chivalry and the shake your hands with the left hand so you know you're not going for the sword and all that stuff yeah so Maybe. so i mean i would say probably probably dinobot has a little bit more a little a little bit more honor in this case than he might in a just an all out an all out melee. Yeah. That makes sense. Plus he has respect for his his uh his enemy here, which he wouldn't uh if he's fighting the Predacons. Which it's interesting because as they start fighting again, they sort of come to you know, they're sort of testing each other's strength a bit. And Optimus mentions for Predacon he ha- that Dinobot has qualities that he could like. And Dinobot thinks that Optimus has proved himself as a worthy adversary to which he then says, I'll make sure that you are recycled with full honors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like which that is a great line. I wonder what that entails. Does that just mean that he's like made into a plaque? <laughs> <laughs> He gets like, medals. That's amazing. Yeah, I was gonna say like the 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 literal like memorial is like their actual body. Like, yeah, that used to be him. He <laughs> <laughs> melted him down after he died. <laughs> Made this great statue out of him. <laughs> oh man. So <laughs> after that, we actually cut to what appears to be the Predacons coming upon this fight. I'm trying to remember which one of them comments first. I think it's Megatron. Yeah, Megatron. Yeah, says- Megatron. He's like, oh, well, isn't this an interesting sight? Yes. <laughs> and I think Scorponok asks who they think is going to win, and Wasp Bader bets on Optimus. <laughs> and then Tarantulas sort of makes a comment that he doesn't really care who the winner is. Like that's not of interest to him, which kind of is a little weird when you think about it. But if you know what's happening in later episodes, it sort of makes sense. And it makes it's, it alludes to just how creepy tarantulas is. Yeah. Yeah, I always just assumed that he meant he was planning on eating the loser. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> which exact, uh, which is what I'm guessing he meant as well. Um, well yeah, it but definitely of course, we wouldn't him up know as that. Like a, as a more conniving yeah. character, yeah. like uh, and Megatron agrees with him. Yeah, and of course, Megatron agrees with Tarantulas. He doesn't really care who wins. He just prefers if they both lose. And of course, then we get the yeah the Predacon transformation sequence again. Because we have to have a, at least one of those an episode. <laughs> Rat Trap realizes that they've got company and points it out just as they start firing at the bridge. And then we cut to commercial. 
And then we come back. And Optimus, for some reason, decides, oh, it's better to go to beast mode. And well, so, if you see, there's a, probably a good reason why very shortly. Yeah. Which is well, he some just, pretty he quick thinking. He's going to be more maneuverable in beast mode. Yeah. Well, I, I meant the whole hanging by a by a his toe? hand. Foot, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, as a monkey, is much easier to do than yeah. Well, ape. <laughs> yes. Although who know, who knows at this point he probably has like clamps on his feet because he has like a million. <laughs> <laughs> and and this is where those missiles are fired that come up later, but we yes. don't. It, it takes a while for it to get to that mountain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much fuel do those like? Those rockets weren't that big. You wouldn't have thought that they would have had that much fuel to make all well, that. Well, they're powered by quasars. Oh, that's true. Like everything I, else. I keep forgetting. <laughs> or, or, or something. Yeah. Yeah, he, he grabs Dinobot and goes off the edge, and Cheetor looks on. He's he's in, He can't see them below, and he's super sad, but then... Yeah. And then uh, we get Optimus saying, it would be prime if somebody could help us. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so it's in his contract, he has to say prime at least once per episode. Yes. He says it a few but more times than once. Like eight times. <laughs> I said it at least once. <laughs> so as he is hanging upside down, hanging on by one foot to Dinobot, who is still in robot form, the Predacons are still shooting at the bridge and <laughs> hitting everywhere but his foot. Like the, <laughs> Apparently, they cannot hit his foot for some reason. They well, hit the everything cross, around the foot. The crosswinds in that chasm is probably really bad, so it's just yeah. pushing everything off course. I mean, the Energon is affecting their depth, per- depth perception, isn't that? So, <laughs> we've already established yes. that. But I mean, really, and also, really, like, I mean, it's pretty. They're really far away when they're shooting those missiles. Yeah. So I wouldn't, um, you know. But I they're also robots. <laughs> <laughs> they got robot brains. Yeah, but they don't have sufficient data on the, on like you said, like the crosswinds and the gravity and the, and the uh, inertia and the. They probably, <laughs> yeah, they pro- whoever when they program themselves, they probably forgot to factor in. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Friction, like That's like true. a lot, like like in all physics equations. They're like Batman. They need prep time. <laughs> <laughs> While Optimus is hanging on to Dinobot, uh, Dinobot, <laughs> Dinobot starts glitching out. He he's getting an Energon overload. Oh. Don't forget before that the others transform. Well, oh, Rhydox yes. and and Cheetor transform, and Rattrap's yeah. like, no. You know, he's like, no, I'm staying here. <laughs> and then Rhydox <laughs> grabs him by the neck again and squeezes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I just realized this. Why does Rattrap even need to be helping here? Like, shouldn't well, doesn't somebody just need to go in and grab him? You would think, but at the same time, they need to get across the bridge to get to the ship. Like well, rat trap can fire come. With, all, 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 yeah. ra- all rat trap needs to do is run across. Like, oh, he I he mean, seemed to be rather uh, uh, intent on sulking on that end and like not running across the <laughs> thing. <laughs> so, so it might have just been more of just you're coming with us too. Yeah, he's sort I, of I, straggling I, along behind. I guess the thing is, like, I feel like um, rather than rather than argue with rat trap, Rhinox could have just gone and and 
rescued them faster before yeah. before uh, the last toe lost lost hold. <laughs> it probably could have worked that way. Oh, probably. We have Dinobot being very self-sacrificing in that he's saying, let him fall, let me fall, let me fall. And Optimus, of course, saying, you can't transform in that position. Because really, he can. If he does, then... Yeah, That's what my out. wife told me this tonight. It <laughs> was pretty bad. And actually, <laughs> Optimus makes a, a, a really good point in saying, where is the honor in letting you fall? Yeah. And of course, <laughs> Dinobot's like, you have no choice. And Optimus retorts with, well, then we're both going. Megatron, of course, orders them to all fire all weapons. They start shooting, and Optimus is just about to lose his grip. In fact, he does lose his grip, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and so, just yeah. as they start to fall, he stops, and we see Rhinox has grabbed onto one of Optimus's legs and just hauls him up in one hand, which is kind of impressive when you think about it. So he's a big, strong rhino guy. Oh, yeah. So, so I actually, like, before that happened, I was I got the sense that it was going to be Cheetor that got them because he's the fast one. And I was, and like, he's the thinking first to leave that, too. that that was going to happen with, you know, with Cheetor. Like, that that was going to happen with Cheetor and that that wouldn't make sense. But it totally makes sense with Rhinox because he's, like, the big, he's the strong guy. Like, yeah. he's the demolitions expert type. Yeah. He, he is surprisingly strong uh, over the course of the entire series. Like you don't ever really get a, a max idea as to how strong he is. Like you just see some times where it's like, he's moving some pretty big stuff that you wouldn't think that he could for a guy that size, but he doesn't seem to have a problem. I mean, like last episode, he like burst through a wall of like stone. So yeah. I mean, rhinos are strong. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rhinox manages to get Dinobot and Optimus back up on the bridge. At some point through all of this, Dinobot transforms back into his raptor mode. We don't see or hear it, but the bridge starts to collapse. And of course, everybody starts running across with Rattrap bringing up the rear. Rattrap starts to fall like the bridge crumbles under him, so he doesn't have any footing. He is about to smack into the side of the chasm and he's grabbed. And at first I thought it was going to be, Oh, Rhinox managed to save him too. It's kind of fitting since he grabbed him before or Cheetor. Cause he was like right behind Cheetor when he was running. Yeah. But, but. it turns out to be Optimus and Optimus picks him up, brings him back up <laughs> and we get, you know, a nice, well, not even, it's a funny moment where Optimus, you know, sort of plunks him on his butt. And he's like, you're welcome. And Rat Trap retorts with, yeah, you're the leader. It's your job. <laughs> Come on, Rat Trap. I like that. I do like that Rat Trap is like not one. Like he doesn't like Optimus and he and he's making Optimus prove himself as the leader rather than rather than just uh, sort of just sort of assuming that because this guy's the $20 toy, he gets to be the leader. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I keep making that joke, but I mean, I guess that's the like, like, I think, we, you know, we sort of brought it up last last week. Like sometimes in these kinds of shows, 
the person who's the leader is just the leader because they're the leader. Yeah. You know, even in something like Power Rangers, uh, you know, Jason's the Jason's the leader until Tommy becomes the leader. And and there's not really a reason for it other than that they're the person that that kind of steps into that role. And I, I do like red. that I mean, this is how Power Rangers works. Yeah, but then Tommy was white. Well, he goes from green to white. Yeah, but he was like the extra ranger, so yeah. Yeah, yeah the only the only <clears throat> thing I mean the only really I mean the only real issue because it actually worked in in Power Rangers because that person who's in that leadership role actually works as a actually as a strong leader, mm-hmm. unlike you know some other some other things where you're like kind of scratching your head as to why, you know like like I said you know the the two best examples being my memory of Ninja Turtles and and Cyclops and you know in the X Men in the <laughs> X Men animated specifically yeah uh, well I mean like um what I like like one of the things that makes a leader a leader is just having is just you know being the leader just doing it like having right. the most strength of personality that they'll like put themselves out there and do it like someone who was just who's just like able to make decisions and enforce them is pretty much all you need to be a leader really you need to have a high charisma score that's it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah like i mean that's kind of just like in the case of power just kind of just what jason did and i i was just thinking too there was another case the white ranger was the leader was the the alien rangers it's a female ranger yeah. who's white who leads them. That's true. Not the red ranger. Yeah. I, I, I just, I mean, I, I just, I really like, cause it seems like, and even, even something like, you know, something like X-Men animated or, 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 uh, the, or the TM, at least the TMNT movie. Cause I think the TMNT movie, the, um, the CG one from like 2007 really was a good example of Leonardo is just the leader because he's the leader and Raphael doesn't understand why, and so there's that tension. Well, it's like, it's like really the only the only. I, I mean, Cheetor kind of is is uh, is just you know kind of fun, and and I really feel like Rhinox is, Rhinox is the guy that fought in the Great War next to Optimus, and you know knows, knows what you know knows what was that he that he is up to the task. You know, Cheetor is kind of not neither neither one way or the other. But then Rat Trap is like, you're, is this the first day on job? You're terrible at this. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Dinobot is straight up saying, I'm, I'm better than, I'm so much better than you that even though I'm not in any way connected with your entire faction, I'm going to show up and, and, and be the, and be the leader immediately. It would be like if, it would be like if Tommy as the Green Ranger immediately after, the after he he stopped being evil immediately was the leader of the team. I'm glad you went that way because I was fearful <laughs> that you were going to go with the whole Donald Trump thing. Oh God! Actually, what? Why would that even come not, in? <laughs> that's actually kind of an an apt an apt uh, if dated and scary comparison. But yes, I, although I would say that um, Dinobot probably has more honor than Donald Trump. Yeah. Anyway, I would that, vote for that's how we'll leave that. We're not going to get into the. We're not going political. We're not going political here. The only pol- political stuff we have to worry about is the Predacons and Maximals. Exactly, and those racial tensions. As if that wasn't bad enough. Predacon lives matter. I am jotting that down right now.
with what happened there, the Maximals managed to get across the bridge. Megatron, of course, flips out and calls everybody incompetence, even though, you know, he was shooting too. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn either. To which Scorponok then points out, as John alluded to earlier, hey, the missiles are still going. <laughs> Don't forget that the, no, the Megatron just smacks Pterosaur for like no reason. <laughs> <laughs> that really reminded me of, of a Rita Repulsa yeah. scene. I know we keep bringing up the uh, the Power Rangers comparisons, but I mean, but you, we are we are all only doing this podcast because we because we listened to a Power Rangers podcast. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it definitely was very reminiscent of one of those uh, those episodes of Power Rangers where Rita's like. This is all your fault. And, and Squat and Babu are like, we weren't even in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine if Megatron picked up a stick and just sm- started smacking everybody? <laughs> like, Megatron's like, I got a headache. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we get a zoom in on the mountain that was off in the distance and a bunch of cgi explosions all of a sudden the inside of the mountain is revealed to be sort of hollow aside from the giant energon crystals megatron is sort of like in one of those looney tune phases where he sees the energon and it's like raw natural energon crystals it's like if the kids manage to get a hold of the lucky charms from the leprechaun (laughs) <laughs> he, pretty he, much exactly the same yeah he's already tasting it in his mouth <laughs> so at this point in the series i'm i'm a little bit confused about energon like if they're on this planet that's so rich with energon and i know that some of it is like it is like in the atmosphere i mean and i guess i guess maybe the predacons are just bad guys but like wouldn't it make more sense to just try to try to just just take whatever energon rather than if it's everywhere rather than rather than feeling like you have to mine it out of this giant this giant source you know just figure out a way to build a you know some one of them's probably smart enough to build a machine to like to like you know that vap do like a moisture evaporator like evaporate some of the pull some of the energon out of the air or just or just like you know they're aren't they like crashed in a in a volcano or something just well, i don't think it's so much in the air, air as it's just like radiation yeah. like, oh, could, could okay you... okay so the radiation from it okay i guess that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. So this yeah. is why i'm asking these questions because yeah. you guys are smarter than me <laughs> <laughs> the, the energon it, it's sort of like as john said radiation or like static electricity in the air it's a build-up like it's a it's a side effect of all that natural concentrated energon being close by and it's also one of the things that's alluded to later on in this episode because so much of it being in that one localized area and that much of it means that they can only be in robot mode for less than a minute. Right. I just I guess if I guess that. it just doesn't yeah. like if if their goal if their goal is to get the energon, why do they have to get it all in one in one obvious shot? Why are why aren't they Oh no! They just I think in this case it was just the opportunity presented just, itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was gonna say, <laughs> and and the Predacons have decided that it's that that actually fighting the the rest of the time it's the Predacons have have decided that actually fighting the Maximals 
is more important than doing their actual mission. Of, you know, you know why well, look? Why look and hubris. exploded mountain in the mouth? I, 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 I suppose I'm just I'm just poking holes here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I guess they could, they could have ignored like, like, okay, the Maximals are going to think we're going to go for that, so let's go find another one. I could, I guess so, but I mean, it's also like if you're already looking for something and it's right there, of course you're going to go for it. And then they I fight the Maximals got... because the Maximals are trying to stop them uh-huh. to get from getting it, right? Yeah. Okay. I guess mm-hmm. I guess I got the I've always sort of had the sense that it's like everywhere, so they could just dig a hole and they'd find it. But I guess if the idea is that there's there are these concentrated deposits that they have to find. Yeah, it's more like that. Sense. Yeah, it's it's the same with like any other mineral essentially. Like gold isn't everywhere. There's gonna be pockets of it in certain places and you're gonna have to find it. It's the same in this particular instance. It's just you know, they hit the mother load here. I guess I guess the difference in that example is that they're they're on a planet where there's so much gold that they have to turn into that they can't be in their robot forms. Yeah. Yeah. Like like so so it so it seems like there should be an insane like it should be everywhere. Yeah. But I guess it's just if it's just concentrated, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. In a way it kinda is. It's like the I think they do like show later on that they can just kind of find them in caves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it, but again, like this is still like their first day right on right. the planet. So they haven't really, you know, gotten the chance to just start looking for, for the cat mm-hmm. for these caches. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess that makes sense. And they're, and they're greedy and stuff. Yeah. Although even if they got it, like even if they did get a bunch of energon from it enough to restart the great war, they still don't have a ship that works. It's true. Yeah. It's true, but if they had enough energon, they could have said, like, the the sort of take that I get with energon is that it can sort of, it obviously will fuel you, mm-hmm. but it can also sort of give you, like, a power boost. Mm-hmm. At least that's how the, the interpretation I sort of got from it. So, with enough energon, they could just overrun the Maximals. Like, they could shrug off whatever the Maximals threw at them, blow them out of the water take their ship or use their use their the ship for whatever doesn't work. yeah <laughs> but they yeah, could, like they could have both ships figure out a way to get one of them to work yeah. with all the parts that they've got and then cannibalize they, one for the other yeah it, or it i is, guess they could i guess they could also just if they had enough energy on they could upgrade themselves so that they could fly through space or whatever yeah, yeah. maybe yeah <laughs> Or maybe, like, maybe even some of them have the expertise to be able to start making things to make another ship. Mm. So they had Energon; they could. Okay, okay, that that makes that makes sense. It makes sense. Again, just 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 poking holes because we're on a podcast. No, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good to ask questions. Give us oh, yeah. some ammo to, to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things to to talk about. So. After Megatron's reaction, we go back to the Maximals. Optimus is saying how lucky they were that the missiles didn't cause the Energon to explode. Rhinox is like, if you can call it lucky, because apparently their luck is crap right now. <laughs> and I mean, based on the end of the of the conversation, it probably would have done. If it did explode, it would have like saved them a fight. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I think that the, the up to this point, they make it sound like if the if it if the if an energon deposit like that exploded, it would be it would destroy the planet, basically. 
and maybe that they, they just think it might, and they just don't want to take that chance, kind of thing. And then it's like, oh, like good thing it didn't blow up that bad, like later on. But both teams are on the move now. Megatron and the Predacons have a head start on the Maximals. Cheetor can apparently zoom his eyes in like Optimus can, which makes sense. They probably all can when you think about it. The Predacons just have that weird. Not like, when they're shooting, though. No. <laughs> the Predacons. Well, no, they, no, because the Predacons just. We saw with the Predacons, see, they've just got the weird, like, uh, random level indicator things. Yeah, true. So zooming in is a maximal trait. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, mammals have better eyesight than dinosaurs. Yeah, that's true. The The discussion with the Maximals goes to, like, the obvious observation that Megatron and the Decepticons are going after the Energon. They, they sort of allude to a crystal that size would make him unstoppable. Rattrap is sort of gets a bit sarcastic and says, thanks a lot for the hot tips, Scale Billy. He never gets sarcastic. No. <laughs> but of course, he, then does he... Does he call him Chopper Face yet? Not yet. Is that That's no. later in the episode? Because yeah. I did notice that... I remember that, that he calls him that all the time in, in this episode that it happened. Actually, it's not far after this that he refers to him as Chopper Face, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because he calls him Scale Billy, and he suggests to Rhinox to scrap the guy. And Rhinox actually does start to make a charge at him, to which Optimus gets in between them. And Optimus turns to Dinobot, asks, is he going to send his flyers? And Rattrap rather is like, this is the first instance that we get to hear one of his other catchphrases over Bolton up cold. Which, you know, him being exasperated. (laughs) He's like, you're not going to believe the Predacon, are you? And Optimus, you know, He's starting to get a bit pissed off with Rattrap, and he's going to start making his calls. He's like, that's my call. And turns back to Dinobot and asks him. Dinobot's like, no, the crystal's too big for the flyers to carry. And he makes mention that Tarantulas has the skills to segment it, which is pretty impressive when you think about it because the crystal's pretty big. And it further um, enforces the fact that Tarantulas is kind of like the scientist of the yeah. Predacons. Yeah. Once Dinobot mentions that, Optimus says that we have to get there first. All five of us. Rat Trap does a little repeating thing. He's like, yeah, all five of us. And he sort of pauses. And that's when we get to hear him say, you mean Chopper Face is going with as well. So we get our first instance of Chopper Face there. And then he says his other catchphrase, we're all going to (laughs) die. Yeah. So at at this point, and this is something I noticed during this episode in general, I really feel like, you know, you mentioned that this is, uh, that we have evidence that Tarantulas is the scientist-y guy of the Predacons. We really know very little about any of the Predacons. They've really stressed developing the all of the maximals like yeah. really pretty well but aside from megatron like we know next to, like the rest of the predacons just seem like basically just seem like minions at this point it, it yeah. really is yeah especially I mean, characters like scorponok and pterosaur there really isn't a lot of character development and i mean and i mean i, I assume you know assumedly they'll i mean 
fortunately, fortunately, it's it's you know th- that's sort of what that's it's an advantage of having a even though it's a it's ten characters at this point. I mean, it's not like we have a monster of the week, no. so they really can spend a little bit of time and assumedly, assumedly, at least some of the some of the Predacons will get sort of will get their features and stuff. But it's just yeah, kind I mean, of interesting, really how how developed Rat Trap and Rhinox and Cheetor and Optimus are versus you know yeah Pterosaur and and uh, Waspinator and everybody. Yeah, they definitely um. Uh, flesh them out more. I, I remember there being entire episodes about Pterosaur, for instance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, and and knowing things about Scorponok and Tarantulas, you can pick up hints of stuff about them. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't, then yeah, they seem very, like, like again, like Scorponok's very loyal to Megatron. He's the one who comes out and shoots Dinobot. He's the one who goes like, Megatron, look over there. Like he's he's super mm-hmm. loyal. And um, Tarantulas is like the conniving smart one. So there's little hints to that. But again, if you didn't know that, you wouldn't pick up on it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we're, and I mean, we're super early in the series. So it's, it's understandable that in the first 40 minutes of, of content, you wouldn't have completely fleshed out all 10 characters. No. Totally. And the thing is, too, when in a show like this, a lot of people are going to gravitate towards the heroes. Like, because this show wouldn't have been necessarily aimed for for teenagers or adults. It would have been more so for kids. So, you would have the kids probably wanting to know more about the heroes than they would Mm -hmm. the villains. All they care about is, hey, villains are bad. Good guys are good. Why are the good guys good? I want to know more about the good guys. So... Yeah, I, I do I do want to say though, uh, when I when I was watching it, one thing that I that I really remember is is that this this was a this was a series where it was of one faction versus the other faction. And obviously there was, you know, there were the good guys and there were the bad guys, but it felt much less I don't know, I felt like I felt like they were much more evenly matched yeah. than something, you know, like the Power Rangers where the bad guys are just completely incompetent and the good guys beat them the same way every week. Yeah. Like this, it definitely felt like, like there were, you know, and it was actually, it was actually really nice because it was, it was a, it, you know, when I would play with the toys, you know, when you play with your action figures, you've got, you know, six action figures, three good guys and three bad guys or whatever. And they fight and they fight against each other. And it much, and then the way that this show was set up, the way that they just had a few of each side, was much clo- I felt like was much closer to how you know how you would be as a kid when you just have a few of each side and and you and you're using the same you know fight having the same people fight each other over and over yeah yeah totally that's a, I never thought about it that way but it, that makes sense yeah it does it really does when you think about it and like you said they, they are they are very like they're much they're equals like the two teams. And even though there's like sep- there's victories here and there, they never you never really feel like throughout the bulk of the seasons. Like obviously, some major stuff happens at the end of the seasons, but during the bulk of them, it's very much like it's back and forth a lot. Yeah. It's it's sort of tit for tat. Like nobody ever really gets a big you know advantage over the other a lot of the time. It's almost like the whole battle's a quagmire for them. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, I think that that's, 
I mean, it's it's like the first episode of Red versus Blue. I don't know if you guys if that's that's too far yes. out of the the culture. But when he's like, you know, why are we here on this in in this in this gourd? You know, even if <laughs> even if tomorrow we defeat them, then we have two bases in the middle of nowhere with no way in or out. That's <laughs> yeah, very much Red versus Blue. This is like a, a less comedic Red versus Blue. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but but really um. Huge spoilers, guys. They actually are all dead, and this is just um, <laughs> it's just a uh, limbo. <laughs> yeah, they died in the crash, guys. Like, all yep. of them. Just... All, they're all ghosts. <laughs> they took over animal bodies. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I just figured they were all they were all actually in a coma. And that's why the Pokemon were so much nicer to them. <laughs> are we are we mixing things up here? I think we are a little bit. Yes. A little bit. <laughs> so at this point, do you guys wanna why don't we take a break? And okay. from here we will get back to it and uh, we'll be getting towards the, the end of the episode. everybody so just before the break we were talking about how rat trap was saying everybody was going to die we come back from break hey nobody's dead yet which is good yeah no one died in those couple seconds (laughs) (laughs) no nothing wrong happened at all that would be really (laughs) funny if if they if they straight up killed off a character during the commercial break Oh my yeah, god, just, what just, happened? And they never mention it. Like, like Cheetor is just missing and no one can <laughs> stop. <laughs> it's the kind of thing that you could do in a pilot episode, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, returning to the Maximals, we've got Optimus and Rhinox talking to one another. Rhinox is asking how Optimus is doing, sort of alluding to the internal repair that Optimus talked about in the first episode. He sort of Makes Before that, eight. we get like Megatron walking to the thing. Yes, no. that's true. Yeah, Megatron sort of single-mindedly staring at the Energon as he's plodding along. Yeah, uh, and he's, he's stepping to the beat of the track, which I like. Yes. Yeah, it's like if if a T Rex could strut, I think he'd be strutting. Like it, it'd be the sort of thing that the uh, yeah. Back well, we mentioned in the movie. first episode how he kind of sashayed there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got class. Oh yeah. Yeah. He he knows how to walk. He's got class like Rat Trap does. <laughs> actual, actual class. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> have to say it because he just has it. Yeah. He knows he has it. He doesn't need to put it out there. Optimus makes the comment that he thinks all of his internal repairs have been completed because he's feeling better. That's when I realized why he didn't fly. Yes. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> he couldn't fly. It, it wouldn't have worked well. So I actually didn't didn't catch that line when we were listening to it, but I did, I, I did catch before when he's like, it'll take time for our internal repairs to happen. So apparently, like, 
it'll take time, like less time than it takes to walk back to your house. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they, they really, they really, the stakes are not really that high when they're fighting the, when they're fighting the Predacons well, if they, it is nighttime now. Yeah, I was going to say it that it could have been like an hour. We don't know, like, right? We don't know. This is Earth with two moons. We don't know how it works. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be a very big, very long days. I, I don't know. I just like, um, it does feel very like condensed, though, that they're able to be like back, you, you know, and, and also like how long, like, and maybe they address this later, but like if they're, if they're, overwhelmed by the by the um energon like how long do they have to be in beast form in beast form before they can go back to robot form never really makes mention of it no. like yeah. until the yeah. next scene because it just it seems like they <laughs> it seems like they they kind of glit you know they they glitched out and then they're on their way home and they run out of they run into dinobot and then you know they're able to transform again yes. like really like pretty soon after that I mean, I guess there's probably time, time that they're walking, but it does feel very like, like condensed. I mean, I guess maybe it's just you know long enough to purge the energon from their system or something. Yeah, I think that's sort of how it was alluded to. Like it, it takes a little bit of time for them to sort of purge it, and then you know after that time they can transform again and they sort of have the time. Well, depending on how strong the energon fields are. This if, is if me holding had, up fingers. Yeah, if we had more time on our hands, we could calculate how far away they were from the base by by presuming that the cheetahs are going at their maximum speed <laughs> and how long it took for them to get there, which I think they can run at like 35 miles per hour, 40 miles per hour, and then be like, okay, so they were like this far away from the base, but I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for math. Also, also, I mean, it wasn't necessarily, and I guess it wasn't necessarily in real time. Every all the stuff wasn't necessarily in real time. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was running with the cheetahs for like five minutes before they uh, well, and made a funny was, face at him. I was kind of trying to say before too is like they they're they're going off to the mountain, and then this this the scene switches to this scene, and it's nighttime mm-hmm. now. So this could have been like a thirty minutes, and then he's like, "Hey, how's your jetpack doing?" Right, right. Still, I guess I guess I got the sense from the from the end of the first episode that it was going to be like a week, you know, like that okay. it, it will take times for internal repairs. Because, like, you know, like if I if I got the my jetpacks shot off, it would take me more than a couple hours for my jetpacks to grow back. See, you were thinking of it in actual like logic and i was thinking about it in video game logic where it's like oh i just has to go to cover for a little bit okay <laughs> well you know this is this uh, you you it is closer to a video game than than actual life so that that <laughs> i'm just still amazed that apparently kendall has jetpacks that he can grow back <laughs> it is impressive that's really impressive i wish i mean I that, that was that was a a plot line on dr mcninja where there was like organic <laughs> jetpacks people were making and they use burgers as fuel. So so we found out that Kendall has a golden rocket. <laughs> and apparently he can grow jetpacks. Are you a transformer, Kendall? <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly a fictional character. Okay. <laughs> Getting back to, to the episode, Rhinox makes a statement. Uh, well, sort of 
a little one stating, you know, your robot form can make just to the crystal before any of us. And Optimus sort of dismisses that, saying, we have to stay together. The Predacons can attack at any moment, and there may be other surprises on the planet. To which we pan down to some quote-unquote standing stones in the shape of Stonehenge. Rhinox I don't like Stonehenge. I don't think Stonehenge has that little gateway kind of alleyway they have. Well, no. I, I don't think that this is necessarily the Stonehenge. I think it's sort of trying to make it look similar. Well, yeah, it's, got the, it's got the one thing that's the two rocks with the top on it that looks like it looks like the one thing of Stonehenge. Yeah. Yeah. Optimus well, and Rhinox sort of noticed that. Stonehenge is like not in Africa either. So if we, if we're, we're guessing that they landed in Africa. Yeah. But Stonehenge is in England. Maybe this is Pangea and it was Northern Africa. That's possible too. Actually. You, you know what else? Um, maybe it's the, maybe Stonehenge. It was just one of many similar monuments that the Druids made. Mm-hmm. And and they did and they were all over because, you know, I don't know anything about the Druids. I assume that, that nobody does. You know, they, they made Stonehenge and then they made a bunch of other ones, you know, and it's just that only one of them has lasted eight billion years since that since they actually built, you know, since they actually built them. The rest of them, you know, got eroded or whatever. <laughs> Maybe they got taken out with the second moon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second moon landed on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> the second for the, move. Except for the dinosaurs already are dead. Oh, that's right. Damn yeah. it. Unless those are just like skeletons of dinosaurs that have died like um, a couple years ago or something. There still are dinosaurs. It's just that there also are bones. <laughs> All the dinosaurs are somewhere else. They're probably in England. (laughs) (laughs) Building the other Stonehenge. Yes. Dinosaurs built the Stonehenges. (laughs) Oh, you know what? You know what? That fills a plot hole if this is Africa and those dinosaurs shouldn't have been in Africa. Well, that's what, because they weren't. It was just that those two happened to be there. They just went up north to build Stonehenge. Mm -hmm. There we go. There we go. You heard it here first. There's a new conspiracy theory. Go run with it, people. So you can't bring up Stonehenge without wondering if that monument was 18 inches tall. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So Optimus and Rhinox are observing the standing stones. Optimus asks his opinion. Rhinox is pretty pretty straightforward. It says, just one isn't natural. (laughs) Like, anybody could have really told us that. But, you know, he's like, we didn't build it. Neither did the Predacons. And we're like, how do we know they didn't build it? Maybe they um, stopped. <laughs> yeah, like, um, like I don't know, Wall Street and Terrace, so we're just bored. And they <laughs> went over there and like, okay, guys, we'll catch rocks. up. We're just going to build these rocks over here for a second. Well, it was probably it was probably Pterosaur and uh, and Tarantula did it while Waspinator was randomly flying off, finding running into Cheetor and uh, Megatron and, and Dinobot were fighting and Scorp and Scorpionox. So you know, because those, so when those, they were off. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> sure. <laughs> They're just farting around. Just as they are getting towards the end of that conversation, we get a warning, heads up, and then all of a sudden, Waspinator and Pterosaur show up, and they both transform. And we get a transformation sequence of all the Maxwells where they don't use the catchphrase, they just 
snap into their transformations right away without saying maximize at all. Oh, they have to really be quick here. Oh, yeah. Defensive <laughs> positions. Can't, you know, get into defensive positions right. when you're shouting out your catchphrase. But but Rhinox still roars before he transforms. Yeah. So when he's doing that, do you think he's doing that because he's like in pain? Hmm. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why only him though, too? Yeah. I don't, so it's sort of like Wolverine with his claws. Every time he pops them, it hurts. Every time. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking more like a like a somebody turning into a werewolf or or like in like the Animorphs or something like where it's a little bit of a more like it's a like it's a more of a metamorphosis than just a like things are flipping you know gears are flipping weird. around because I remember them describing it as like not being painful but they can still feel it so mm. it's like oh I, I feel my organs rearranging and my bones like ch- changing shape but like it doesn't hurt which sounds like almost like not worse but but pretty creepy <laughs> yeah I guess I also you could say it sounds like fan fiction. <laughs> Well, that would have to make it be <laughs> this like... This isn't totally you know, reprised. So. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a burn on them. I, I just want to make that clear. I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hurt me. <laughs> just saying, it's a very different subject matter. Mm. Who shifts? I, I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't... I, I wouldn't call the... call the Say that the Animorphs books are... Fan, Animorphs books are pretty awesome. Uh, no, no matter, no I, matter can't, what. Yeah, but I can't I mean, argue because I have is, at least over half the series on my bookshelf like right now yeah I mean that but like, that was I the I think that was the point of Animorphs is that it was supposed to be a little bit of a more a little bit of a more creepy gruesome uh, but that, that book series was super creepy in general I mean like the whole idea is that, that aliens are taking over the world and no one knows it because of how insidious it is right, right and, and the idea that there are I also really like the idea that um, people are basically volunteering to be snatched away. To some of them to, are, yeah, 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 and and that's because the, because if if the if if they weren't if not for that for the the groups that they were able to just sort of convince to give their life away to the cause, uh, then then they wouldn't have been able to take over this take over the planet and stuff. Yeah, it's a it was a pretty for a for a you know adult. Yeah, you know, it was it was pretty yeah, pretty mature themes for a for a chapter book, you know. Yeah. I'm going to be the odd man out here. I have not read a single Animorphs book. <laughs> you're I, like, don't you're I, like I don't old, know if right? I can recommend them now, but as a kid I I really liked them. Mm-hmm. Never even picked one up as a kid. I was reading like I don't know, Indiana Jones and Forgotten Realms and that sort of stuff at around the I age that out there. But how? But I think because I, I think Animorphs is like a very specific, like it was popular in like exi- in 1996. Like yeah. you know, it was it was a there was a you had to be a very specific time, a very specific age. It's just like with Pokemon. Like I know a lot of people who are like three years older than me who never, never played a Pokemon game ever, and you know, and like just don't understand this whole Pokemon Go thing. They just think that you know you should people should just go golf or something. <laughs> Which is something that I don't what? know anything about, you know. Um, Why don't they play like, Pokemon Go and golf at the same time? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Have a bunch of grass would work really well, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. And if you're at a pond, then you're more likely to catch a water type. <laughs> you know, if you got those water traps there, it's perfect. But it is. But it is just like it, I think Animorphs is one of those things that you had to be a very like specific. It had you had to. Be, it had, it came out at just the right time for certain people, and it was only really. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I guess it was yeah. around for, I guess there were like, weren't there like 50 books and about one, one a month. So it was probably, so it was around for about four years. So I guess there is a little bit of, of wiggle room there, but, <laughs> but not, you know, I think you just, you had to be the right, the right age, as opposed to something like Harry Potter, where it was like ubiquitous. Everybody read it for like a decade. Yeah. <laughs> Getting back to our transforming robots rather than animorphs. <laughs> which are transforming heroes. Yes, which are transforming heroes. So they take up defensive positions. Of course, Rat Trap along the way is like, well, what about him? Of course, meaning Dinobot. Point, straight up points his gun at Dinobot, which is yeah. kind of like a little excessive, but whatever. <laughs> and, yeah, he holds Dinobot at gunpoint for like a while. Yeah. And Optimus is like, he's with us. And Rat Trap's like, I ain't buying it just because you said so. <laughs> so they start retaliating against Pterosaur and Waspinator. Optimus gets them to hold their fire because as they're shooting, there's rocks that are coming down the mountain that they happen to be under. And he says, we could start an avalanche. And Rat Trap comes back with, you crossed your wires, they're coming back. Optimus decides to take it upon himself to go fly up towards them. And as it turns out, apparently he's got missiles that he can shoot out of his back as well. <laughs> I told you, he has, so, all the, he has all the guns. Yeah, he's, he's like the, the James Bond of the Maximals. He's like Cartman in that episode of South Park where they're, where he's the, where they're suit, like uh, anime characters and he's, yeah. he's the guy that has lots and lots of powers. <laughs> he, can, he can see into the future too, but better than Kyle. Yes. <laughs> We get Optimus using his missiles. He sort of knocks Waspinator and Pterosaur around a little bit in the air. They start to... I'm trying to remember. Is it now that they start to glitch out, like, from Energon Fields? Yeah, like, yeah. almost before the like, missiles even hit them, they start yeah. to... Yeah, yeah, like, after he takes off is, like, when they start shorting out, and they're just like, we're coming in hot. Yeah. And so, after they get knocked around a bit, Dinobots, like... They're getting, they're getting away. We need to get them while they're weak. And he uses his eye beams again to, to try and shoot them out of the air and, and knock some rocks. But he's a, yeah, he's a Predacon, so he can't aim. Yeah. I was going to say that <laughs> even even though Kendall did give a decent re- explanation of it, I still, like, when I first saw this, I'm like, how is, like, that honorable to <laughs> opponents, like... Like again, Kendall did bring up it's not a duel; it's different, but still, it's yeah. like that's definitely not honorable. But whatever, Dinobot. <laughs> <laughs> so, His honor only benefits him when he wants it to. Exactly. Well, it's like I, I sort of saw him as a he's he's being written as a Klingon. You know, he's got these he's got his own he's uh you know what he is. We were talking about D and D during the break. He's chaotic good. He's got his own his own code. <laughs> Yeah. And it may not, you know, it may not always be internally consistent, but uh, it is to him. Or I or mean, it's internally consistent, but it may not be our uh, follow with what what our definition of honor would be. We'll not get into alignment arguments, but I would say he's more like lawful evil or lawful neutral. Because I think I think he falls on the lawful side of things, but uh, it's because of the honor thing. But again. Mm-hmm. We could go about alignments for hours. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably more educated on that, too, because I, I have my own. I, I, I think I'm a I'm a I have my own definitions of what the uh, what the alignments are. But I guess for that. Yeah, everyone but, does. Yeah. Everyone has their own yeah. definitions. Like that's the thing about alignments is you're super 
easy to like fit almost any character in like like almost any character in almost any alignment, but obviously with exceptions. Like I don't think you could say that like Darth Vader's chaotic, for instance. But mm. that's just again, maybe someone could make an argument otherwise, but Yeah. I think you could say that I think you could say that Anakin is is a chaotic good character, but I would say I do agree that Darth Vader um definitely is a is is a is a lawful evil character i think i think that's actually i, really I would even say he's lawful neutral see that's the thing right lawful it's neutral. hard <laughs> yeah i although i i also would argue that the that the point of of the alignments is not to say my character is 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 not to say my character is lawful good and therefore i need to follow the this strict adli- uh, adherence it's this is my definition of this alignment and therefore and my character has that alignment, and so therefore I can sort of use that to make this character seem more real. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I would agree with that. Getting back to the episode in the I love being I'm reeling this in right here. They're just pulling us pulling us off topic all the time on a podcast. I'm not used to that. And and I apologize if I'm uh if I'm going overboard on it. But uh it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> but but it's fun. Oh yeah. So we, we get Dinobot firing at the Predacons again. He inadvertently starts knocking rocks out of the ceiling of this cave that they're in. One big one nearly takes out Rhinox, which makes me question. I mean, I'm like, since we've already seen how strong Rhinox is and what he can do, would it really have hurt him? He, he dodges. So, I mean, he obviously think thought it would. Yeah. Who knows if it would have? Well, I mean, it. it's also like you know, if a if a if a little rock is going to hit me in the head, I'm going to try to dodge it. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm I'm. It's going to knock me out. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been a positioning thing. That's very very possible. Plus, and I mean, and and, and reg- also regardless of of whether Rhinox thinks it's going to kill him, Rat Trap is looking for any excuse to get mad at. At Dinobot yeah. and Rat Trap, Rat Trap doesn't know what they, these these guys don't know what each other can do. Yeah. <laughs> so and as Kendall just alluded to, Rat Trap sort of goes off the deep end a bit. He's like, "You tried to scrap my pal," and he tackles Dinobot, which is a pretty impressive feat considering how much bigger Dinobot is compared to Rat Trap, as we'll find out in a second. So. Rattrap I do like how he, how he calls him his pal. So it's kind of up that they're friends. <laughs> like, I mean, because it really, it doesn't seem like he's friends with anybody at this point. Yeah. He's just kind of there. But it does, but I, I think it does kind of become a thing where him and Rhinox are like good friends. Yeah. It, it really built, like you, you notice it building over the course of the series. Well, it's the, um, it's the like, ri- it's the rivalry that, that, sort of where they where they are pushing each other they push each other's buttons to the point that that they're uh yeah and it's also a big guy little guy thing yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, there is that scene where he just towers over him yeah (laughs) Yeah, because what we get what what winds up happening here is dinobots on his back we see the end of a gun pointed straight at his forehead. Rat traps like once a pred, always a pred. And Optimus shows back up. He's like, ease off, Rat Trap. It was an accident. And Rat Trap's like, says you. And this is the moment that I thought was kind of cool with Optimus, where he's like, you know what? I put up with this shit long enough. He's like, that's <laughs> right. Says me. 
you want to question my orders one more time? And as he says those, he's sort of emphasizing it and poking Rat Trap right in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, when that's Rat it. Trap... This is the end. <laughs> Knock yeah. it off. Rat Trap has learned that that's the line. He yeah. can't go any further. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so Rat Trap's sort of begrudging. He's like, I, I don't trust Predacons. And Ops is like, we've got enough trouble with Megatron's crew without fighting amongst ourselves and mm-hmm. so we get Dinobot standing back up now and he you see clearly pretty much towers over Rat Trap in regards to size. Like I would say Rat Trap's maybe like two thirds the size of Dinobot. It's almost like it's two rat tra- traps would equal one Dinobot. Almost yeah. well yeah, I mean yeah at the store. Yeah, because like, you know, uh, Rat Trap was a MSRP of five dollars and Dinobot was ten dollars. So. It all comes back to MSRPs. <laughs> well, I mean, it just really like I, I, I mean, I, I keep harping back to it and stuff, but like they, with the with the exception of with the exception of Pterosaur, because I think Pterosaur was a five dollar one, but he like grows to be like bigger when he when he transforms. Um, like they really are like the size of their toy, like in relative size. And they, I mean, they really tried to that, that clearly was a, was a, a very important thing that they tried to stay him as keep him as accurate to the toy as possible, which is more and more impressive. It wasn't super impressive when I was a kid. Cause I just sort of assumed that everything was, you know, w- was accurate and stuff. But, uh, but like now thinking back, it's like, you know, there are a lot of that kind of thing that just doesn't, you know, that, that, that doesn't, everything doesn't go together that well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It, it... I mean, the Yellow Ranger was a dude. <laughs> Named Boy, which is the funniest part of it, I think. Oh, yeah, that's right. Boy. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I remember we were talking about Pterosaur last uh, time, too. And we just kind of brought him up again here with, um, how the toy must have looked with the transformation thing. And I think the toy looks cooler than what they went with in the show. Cause his wings are like bigger and stuff. I kind of, I just posted a uh, link to an image of him. Oh, chat. That's, yeah. That's a lot different. Like they make his wings, these little things on his arms in the show, but in here it's like, it's pretty big on his back. It almost looks like a cape on his back. I like it. Yeah. Definitely different. Oh, also, the okay. green so highlights look nice. Yeah, that's that's what I yeah. thought. That's what I thought it looked like. It's um, so, so the the yeah, it's one of those that um, when he transforms, you kind of have to look at him from the right angle. If you yeah, look, totally. if you look at him from the bottom, you can see all the robot parts. That's basically <laughs> that's basically the um, the what the Optimus uh, the Optimus Primal Bat was was basically that design. Yeah. We've gotten to a point now. We've cut back to the Predacons and we have a discussion going on between Megatron and Tarantulas. Megatron is still super focused. He's like so much energon. Yes. I can almost taste its power. And Tarantulas pipes in saying the energon field would destroy them if they were in robot form in less than a minute. And, of course, Megatron sort of snaps out of it. And he's like, well, we're going to have to stay on rape in beast form then. And Tarantulas comes back saying, and Optimus and the Maximals are coming. Megatron's like, yeah, but they need to stay in beast form also. 
and I'm going to handle Optimus personally. Which is, you know, kind of like, oh, okay. So he wants to sort of go mano a mano. Which you haven't really seen Megatron really do with anybody at this point. Mm -hmm. Like when the duel, like when Dinobot challenged him, he just sort of shrugged it off and has Scorponok do his best team rocket launch into the sunset. (laughs) So it's kind of... you kind of get the impression that Megatron sees Optimus as an actual threat as compared to characters like Donobot or anybody else, which is kind of a testament to what we were saying earlier. If it had been a one-on-one fight between Dinobot and Optimus and Optimus was a hundred percent probably wouldn't have gone nearly as equally as what it did. I, I mean, I think that's a safe assumption to say. Yeah. yeah. Unless they were, a- unless they were in beast form. Yeah, or some, or there was some other like can't use any. You're in robot forms, but you can't use any weapons. <laughs> oh, then definitely because you know Optimus would have just boxed in Dinobot's helmeted head. I mean, look at what One Punch did to him. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's true. One Punch. Although if the scene was <laughs> written differently, I think uh, <laughs> I think I think the if this if if it was a if it was a a, a fight where where um where they weren't using toys for whatever reason, whether in beast mode or whether just just in just a fair fight, just no weapons in in robot form, you could have written it as Dinobot was a quicker was a quick he would he would he was able to kind of dodge a little bit more and and uh, and Optimus is a little bit slower but tougher. Yeah, yeah, you could have definitely gone that way with it. I think so. We get. A scene now where it, it was Optimus has a really weird look on his face as he climbs up over the edge of the mountain and sees all these energon crystals. It's like I guess he's sort of like mesmerized a bit by it, which I you know, it's kind of a cool sight. I mean if you were there in person, it would probably look really cool, like this cave full of crystals. He just yeah. had a really awkward face to him. But then we have Megatron leap into the scene from the opposite side of the cave, which was rather impressive on its own rank. He lets out a, a roar that Cheetor would be very jealous of. <laughs> and so we get both sides sort of come up on their each end of the cave. Yeah, and, we, and apparently pterodactyls can hover. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> They just sort of flap their wings in place. Robot pterodactyls can. <laughs> was he Fair a five dollar model or a ten dollar model? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. He was a. Well, see, that's that's tricky because because the because it was because that was clearly a five dollar. The what the what we just looked at the picture that was clearly a five dollar model, but maybe but maybe he was the upgrade. Oh, maybe. Uh, so he he actually maybe that's why he's weird. Maybe he's uh, who knows. Maybe he was. Maybe he was the seventy dollar model. <laughs> I mean, he's if I had a, if I had a, to- a yeah. if I had a, uh, if I had a, 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 an action figure that could physically change its mass, um, you know, that could like defy the laws of physics like that. I mean, you know, I'd pay seventy dollars for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. I think we'd have quite a pe- few people actually interested in that technology if that was the case. <laughs> 
Well, it's just like that Lego set that I <laughs> that I built. That's actually a perpetual motion machine. You know. You're holding out on us here, Kendall. <laughs> There's another image of a pterosaur from below, well, more below. You can see that. Yeah, that's just all robot under there. Oh, uh, yeah, that looks kind of. He's punching. <laughs> yeah. It actually, it actually looks better than the than the the Optimus Primal. The Optimus Primal, like full on, is is literally just like the all his 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 arms and legs are just sort of like together. Like you just you don't you just don't look at it from that angle. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, that picture looks really weird at that angle. <laughs> Listen, it might have been like a better version of the toy, though. I'm just gonna like throw this here. Uh, sorry. Like, pterosaur's got a bit of a golden rocket going on. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's got he's competing with Kendall there. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! I don't oh, think page work. not found. Try again, real quick. Sorry, I'm holding up the past here with this. <laughs> I love, I love that. I, 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 I love, I love being on a recording a there podcast because I, I pod, people on podcasts always do this where they, uh, yeah, yeah, they link, they, they link things in the in the Skype chat. Everybody's like, what are they looking at? What are they looking? at? You can see there's a pterosaur there. It looks a little bit more high class yeah. behind yeah. the Jeep. Is one. that a? But is that a? Because the link says it's a custom. True. So is that like a fan oh. model? Might be, probably is. I bet that small one is a McDonald's toy, though. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah. Um, no, this that, that, just... that, that concludes our pterosaur ca- cast. <laughs> <laughs> no, the small one is I, the McDonald's toys. Actually, looks similar because I actually I, I have some of the McDonald's toys that are like that. I had a beetle that was McDonald's. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I have a I have a beetle and a uh, I think it's actually black arachnia. There was a McDonald's, the the transmetal of black arachnia, I think, or maybe tarantulas. So, you know, they're both spiders, and, and and yeah, they're basically that. Like they're they sort of curl up their stuff underneath, and you put them down, and it's oh, it looks, and then you do the thing, and but it, you know, functions actually pretty well as a as a as a toy, and I liked them because they didn't have a bunch of pieces that I would lose. Because <laughs> I so, just hate all those all those. Too many pieces missing, and there's like one little piece missing, and then the that you may as well just throw it away, throw it in the garbage. <laughs> so we've got the two sides squaring off on these opposite sides of the cave, um, lining up. Yeah, lining up pretty much. There's a cool little exchange between Megatron and Optimus. Megatron's sort of like across the galaxy is come to this Optimus Primal face to face, tooth to claw. Yes. And he's like, do you have anything to say? And Optimus is not as wordy to say, I'd say that's prime. And then he says, let's do it. And I'm like, whoa, where are we going with this? <laughs> and they make out. <laughs> <laughs> they do start running at one another, so you have to wonder for a second. But yeah, but they're not running there at the end of it. No. And then, of course, all that energon messes up the death perception like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, because yeah, they're cause supposed he to be right next to each other, but you can only see one at a time Yep, as they run through the crevasse, yes. <laughs> now, did I blink? Because I, I think I, w- I wasn't paying that much attention to this part of the episode, but don't both teams just basically collide and like fall oh, yeah. down for a second? 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think like, I think Optimus and, and Megatron headbutt each other. I think that's just like yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it again. <laughs> really? And it's like we we get a shot of from Megatron's perspective where he sort of his vision's blurred. He's sort of blinking to get it back, and you see him looking at Optimus and Optimus is just like he gets this really pissed off gorilla face and just winds up sending a haymaker at Megatron. I like this fight quite a bit because it's like the matchups and like the idea of a gorilla fighting a T-Rex. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just really fun. It's like a CG King Kong. Almost. Yeah. But then you also well, have like the wasp he, fighting Cheetor and you got like Rhinox um, and Pterosaur and um, Scorponok and Dinobot, which I guess Dinobot's getting his revenge for that missile. Yeah. Thing that happened last episode. <laughs> And Pterosaur is pretending to be a matador. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was that was great. That was a great moment. Yeah. Oh, and then Rat Trap and Tarantulas. And Rat Trap jumps <laughs> on him and hides his eyes. He's like, ah, oh, you can't see me. Yeah. yeah. So now we know I, where John Cena got it from. I think, I think them, them using this as a using this energon plot device as a way to fight in beast form is really is really a, a cool little thing. You know, it's like, it's like when in, you know, when in power Rangers, when they decide to actually have the swords fight individually, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's nice that they're like, we're, you know, we have this other way of fighting that we can, we can show these action sequences where people are a little bit, a little bit different. Oh, definitely. And it, it's, it's a pretty cool dynamic. Like you see some, some fights that are a little lopsided, like it's, as we said, like Rhinox versus Pterosaur and Pterosaur sort of acting like a matador. I kind of wish we had gotten more of the Dinobot Scorponok fight just because he was, you know, Scorponok's holding him at bay sort of with the, his tail and his pinchers and Dinobot's sort of like trying to snap in with his jaws to try and find an opening there. Yeah. I mean, it's a raptor versus a giant scorpion. It's cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And and this is where the the like scene from the from the intro where where uh, he's uh, uh, he's trying to eat Optimus's face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and I mean again, that's a that's a cool moment. And again, kind of uh, call back to King Kong where he's like trying to you know break his jaw by yeah. holding his head. Yeah, he's holding his jaw, and and Megatron's sort of you know talking smack a little bit. Still trying to snap his jaw into his face, and Optimus actually sort of flips him and throws him into some rocks, and he gets stuck. And Optimus is like, "You're trapped, Megatron. Admit defeat." And it sort of sends Megatron over the edge. He busts out of the rocks and just charges right at Optimus. And Optimus just sort of like, I don't know if he was like expecting to be able to stop him, and Megatron just sort of picks him up with his head and slams him into a wall. And then we get probably one of the more brutal scenes that we'll see in a fight. And Megatron Yeah, I was just, pretty surprised yeah. by that. Yeah, he, he just chomps right down on Optimus's thigh. And, and it's almost this, as bad as when the Charmander bites the Squirtle in Pokemon The Origin. Or maybe the opposite, <laughs> Squirtle bites oh, yeah. Charmander. Squirtle yeah. bites Charmander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, it's a pretty brutal scene, and and the the yell that Optimus gives is pretty <laughs> chilling when you hear. It. You're like, ah. 
Yeah, man. So it's, 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 it's like that Charmander screaming. It's just terrifying. <laughs> so, so I guess I didn't. I didn't. Ca- I I must have not been. Again, I wasn't paying that much attention by this point in the episode. <laughs> but when, but when, uh, when Optimus says it's over, you're beaten. Uh, give up, you know, it's over. Give up or whatever. I was like, it doesn't really seem like he's been beaten. Like these battles seem pretty. I mean, they're not necessarily like not one. Like you said, some of them are kind of one sided, but like it doesn't. It's not clear. Like it's not like it's not like it was right before. You know, right after all of the Predacons got defeated, and so like like it seems pretty evenly matched. Like the it, it, it kind of felt like it was a little out of nowhere. It was like. The fight well, is over. You see, Optimus put a lot of points in diplomacy, and he's going to make a diplomacy check any <laughs> chance he gets. <laughs> that makes as much sense as anything else. <laughs> it just really didn't. It really didn't feel like the fight was over when he said the no, it when doesn't. He said the fight is over. Yeah. So after Megatron chomps down, Optimus just sort of you know he just starts double fisting right onto Megatron's head to get get him to let go, which. Okay, poor choice of wording on my part, but anyway. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> so sure you can find that on the internet somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> once he manages to knock Megatron off of his leg, he oh, grabs man. onto his tail and starts spinning around. Fucking sort of like, Bowser's him. Yeah, and just tosses him into a wall. He slides down the wall and is almost out for the count. His eye opens up. You see his pupil sort of roll down from the top of his eye. The sort of indicating, oh man, he got hit pretty hard. Optimus collapses and then Megatron starts to stand up and decides, you know what, screw it, I'm going to transform. I just want to throw it out there that like, Optimus' like, wound is like, you can see electricity and like circuitry and stuff, yeah. right? And right, I'm just wondering right. how that affects the whole like, when I'm in beast form, I'm internally repairing because his beast form's injured. Mm-hmm. But like, how does does he have to get like actual repairs done then? At that point, I'm not sure. And not yeah. just auto repair because it's like, I assume to... that while they're in their beast form, they're like there's like little like repairing things going on underneath mm-hmm. all that fur yeah. and, and meat. But who knows? Mm. Mm. Right, it is. I mean, it is whatever it was. You know, underneath, underneath their 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 be- yeah, their beast form. Clearly, they're still they've still got robot bits, and that robot and those robot bits are exposed to the crazy energon. Yeah. So uh, that's you know not he's not in a very good situation. Yeah. Well, until like thirty seconds after this. <laughs> yeah, well, Megatron say. transforms like he said, and he starts to like. Yeah, he he transforms and he's pretty much resigned to you know what if I'm gonna go I'm gonna take you with me and fires. And that's off what he says rocket. basically. Yeah. yeah, he he fires off a rocket and we get a slow mo shot of the missile coming at Optimus and all of a sudden off camera we see Dinobot come in and wax the rocket with his tail to knock it off course and send it into the wall just whizzing by Optimus's head. As the missile makes contact with the wall and explodes, it starts some sort of a chain reaction. Like we we knew earlier that apparently this energon is really volatile 
And so we're seeing the first instance of it now where it's starting to just, you know, cascade. It's starting to get ready to explode and everybody starts panicking. So we see Rhinox carrying Optimus on his back again and everything starts to shake. The crystals start to glow for some reason. Megatron. Well, we see a scene of Megatron. I don't know if it's something else at the end, but Greg's dark. getting a little robotic key for me. Oh, am I? That, yeah. Um, on the recording, or I think it cleared no, up. It'll, so. it'll rec- if Greg's recording it, it's going to record what's on his computer. So, uh, so okay. that's fine. If if uh, if anybody wants to have a bad, well, no, because then it will sound bad. I don't know. <laughs> if anybody wants their outgoing Skype connection to be bad, it, it, we want it to be Greg. So, <laughs> so good job, Greg. <laughs> okay, Ovats, sorry for interrupting you. That oh, yes, so oh, go ahead. Rhinox <laughs> says it's gonna blow, and everybody, you know, starts freaking out. We get a scene of the camera from like above zooming in on Megatron's face. And we see Megatron's eyes go dark. Essentially, he shuts down. And we get more of the crystal starting to glow. Everything's starting to shake. And then, for some reason, Megatron stands up. No <laughs> idea was why. Really weird. Like, what yeah. was up with the zoom in if it wasn't going to mean anything? Yeah, I, exactly. I like how it's like he does it out of pure spite and act of will. Yeah, it could be, too. Like he went, he was, he was like, went into stasis lock or something like that. And they're like, everyone's like, we got to go and then leave him behind. And he's like, God, I'm not doing dying this way. That very well could be. So literally like probably two seconds after we see him jumping off the edge of the mountain as the mountain explodes. And that is legitimately team rocket blasting off again. (laughs) (laughs) Like that is, that is even more team rocket than (laughs) Than the Dinobot scene. Yeah. So with with the explosion, it pans out. We then see the Maximals almost back to where they started from. And I kind of have to wonder how fast were they running to get that far from the mountain? Also, it's daytime now. Yeah. Which is weird. It's been a long night. And apparently <laughs> Optimus is able to stand again. Yeah, well, maybe I they were running for too. a long time then. If they were, or maybe uh, <laughs> maybe that they... long for the mound to blow up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they... yeah. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It could be, and maybe, maybe that that would also explain no why reason. why Megatron was able to stabilize. Uh, I suppose that, that that shot that we thought that was a couple seconds is actually like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just standing there waiting. It's like it, you said it was going to blow. Well, it's still rumbling and shaking. Yeah. So when is and it going then, to boom? <laughs> like we don't, we don't know it, when it's. I mean, they don't know when it's going to blow. This is an unprecedentedly large stock of of uh, energon. You know, yeah. Large <laughs> again, enough to it, take it, an the explosion isn't that bad. It did hit a mountain, but it's not that bad. Like yeah. it could have just right. blow up. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think because Optimus was like, "Oh man, it's good that it didn't detonate back when they were on the bridge," and I'm thinking to myself. Based on that explosion, they probably didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah. So. Yeah, at least not on a like earth-shattering, you know, planet-destroying level. Yeah. Um. But you know, but also, I mean, I guess they they 
observing the you know all the all all they know about the 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 uh, uh, this stock this pile of energon is that there's lots of it and it's over there. Like they don't know if the entire planet is actually made of energon and one explosion could set off a chain reaction that destroys everything. Yeah. You know, maybe they, maybe they actually are, you know, they got lucky this time. Mm-hmm. Their luck yeah. stra- started to turn around. That's very possible. So we now have a scene where Optimus turns his attention back to Dinobot. He thanks him, to which Dinobot responds with, my actions do not imply a loyalty. I just merely owed you my life because of what happened earlier. Now we're just merely even. To which Optimus is like, I'll accept that. And don't they go, I feel like they kind of go back and forth with that for a while going forward. I, I remember that being like a thing where Dinobot's like, you know, I'm working with you guys, but you know, I'm not, you know, it's not, it's just like, it's like when Piccolo works with Goku because he wants to be the one that gets to kill Goku, not yeah. anybody else. And then Vegeta is the same way. Yeah. No, that's very, and yeah, that's a similar dynamic because as the series will progress, we'll see Dinobot sort of become more acclimated to the maximal way of things. Yeah, it's not a, it takes a little while. Character oh, development. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rattrop sort of pipes up, makes mention, well, at least Megatron's gone and so is the Energon, so it's over. Does that mean we can go home now? <laughs> To which Optimus is like, no, Rattrap. For now, we're stranded here with the Predacons. It's like we still don't have a ship that works. On this unknown planet. And then he sort of alludes to, he's like, Megatron may be back. We're like, well, what was the point of the explosion? (laughs) And that there's still more Energon out there. So if they ever get enough, they could conquer the galaxy. See, Optimus is, is genre savvy, and he realizes if you didn't see someone die, they're not dead. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. If I didn't see it, it didn't happen. <laughs> so so not only does he not have object, or does he not have depth perception, he doesn't understand object ter- permanence? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Jeez, be right. AI, I thought these guys had really sophisticated AIs, but I guess... No, it's, it's, the op- it's the opposite of not understanding object permanence. He thinks things exist unless he sees them like not exist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> opposite object permanence. <laughs> so to close out the episode, he goes, so for now, let the battle be here on this strange primitive world and let it be called Beast Wars. And we get this little zoom out with the big guitar riff playing and then we cut to credits. It's a Wait, really so is weird it? thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Let it be known as at? Beast Wars. How does he know this team going to be chronicled? I mean, like, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> <then> it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like the first fight ever of like World War II. The guy's like, let it be known. This is going to be World War II. I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's not well, wrong. Probably somebody, I mean, probably somebody did write something, you know, like this is the, you know, this is the great, I mean, the, during World War II, they did talk about it being the world, the war to end all wars, right? Yeah. And, yeah, but I don't think it was the first sortie that, like, made that happen, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, who knows? I'm I mean, a, it was probably some, I mean, there there was probably somebody 
that coined the coined the phrase, you know, that or the or the shot heard around the world from for the Revolutionary War, or yeah, the you know the Great War in, in World War in World War One. Well, like I said retrospectively, yeah. but like at the time, and, and World War Two, I'm just, I'm just from a random war out there. Mm. I just mean like I don't know, like maybe. I'm saying, like, at any war, but they just, like, suddenly know what it's going to be called in the history books. Right. It's kind of, like, kind of silly, but it's cool because it's a trailer bait thing. Right, right. I mean, and it's, it's, I, yeah, I, it is definitely odd, specifically that the general would, would, you know, <laughs> do it, you know, like, you know, it would be like if in the, uh, the, what's, what's the name of the, what's the FDR speech after Pearl Harbor? They that live in infamy. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, the, the live the yeah, the day that will live in infamy speech. Uh, if he said, if he said, you know, if he if he na- if he coined it World War Two. Although he did say it's the day that will live in infamy, which is him coining that. So, huh? Yeah, I just mean like it's super well, specific, which is kind of. But again, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, trailer. yeah. It's, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. It's a. It's it's a. It's 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 uh, nudging the fourth wall a little bit. Yeah. I'd say. It's so I'm just giving a little bit of tease on the show. <laughs> so overall, what are your guys' thoughts on the episode? Uh, Not as strong as part one, but yeah. still good. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it had more action, but also was kind of more like quicker than, than the, the other one. Definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. It, it seemed a lot faster paced and maybe even a little rushed. But like so the much Dinobot stuff was part awesome. one. Also, I, I want to say. So, is that is that is that uh, Optimus Primal uh, believes in Schro- the Schrodinger's cat? That if that if it's yes. if he doesn't see it, then it's both the cat is both alive and dead. Okay, okay, cool. I I I sort of said that in the in the when people were talking about stuff. I just wanted to make sure that 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 we 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 established that that was that was what it was. Good deal. Uh, that that's definitely higher level thinking than not understanding object permanence. <laughs> <laughs> So we still had some questions over from the last episode. Um, I think we've got like five or so. I think we've got enough time that we could probably cover all of them. Yeah. We, we've got a couple from Eric on the TWA group. His first one, he, he makes mention that Megatron is borrowing the name from G1 Megatron. We don't actually know that now. It's something that we come to, to learn later on in the series. But yes, he, he is borrowing that name. And he goes on to ask, so this is in the future. And then he says, is it in the same universe as Jurassic Park? <laughs> I, huh. You know what? That would make sense since, um, it's, or, or it's in a similar universe to Jurassic Park because, uh, because um, the, the T-Rex and the Velociraptor in our universe didn't exist at the same time because the, the Velociraptor was in the Jurassic period and the T-Rex was in the Cretaceous period. But that would explain why those two fossils are next to each other. Do you think that the T-Rex that Megatron scanned turned out to be the T-Rex that was used to make the clone in Jurassic Park? Nope, because it's purple. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, I mean, like, does, so does Megatron well, yeah, frog explicitly DNA say that he's ecology. borrowing it? Sorry, we talked about each other. <laughs> 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 uh, um, I was gonna say it, it, it specifically happens that Megatron says that he's borrowing it because I thought it was more like a title, like it's like okay, you're like the next Megatron kind of thing, like Caesar, kind of like that. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's also kind of in in the way things going. That's also kind of like naming your uh, naming your leader Caligula or something like that. It's like, why would you want such to be known by such a specific name of someone who is known to have caused trouble? Yeah. Well, because they like trouble. They're the Predacons. <laughs> but they were trying to relay low. I mean, like, yeah, but I mean, they still honor their their leader. I'm saying, like, I, like Megatron is the leader of the the bad guys kind of thing. Like, like that, and again, not the bad guys, but you know what I mean. Like Megatron is like yeah. the leader name for that sect of Transformers. Yeah, and like, like how Optimus is still named Optimus. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. But um, so does he actually specifically say like, oh, I I'm I took the name from him like myself? I don't remember that, but. It, it's it's very I later on in the series where it's sort of talked, where it's touched upon, where okay. I f- if I remember correctly, I think it's the I can't even remember the full name of it. It's it's like the document of Primus or something like that. It's it's sort of like a Transformers Bible, and he okay. he took the name from that. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I, think it, I think it is interesting that he used that they that they couldn't think of a animal based pun uh, to <laughs> with the Megatron name since they call Optimus Optimus Primal, you know, what, like at least I guess it, you know you couldn't really call him Mega Rex or Mega Megatron Megatron X. You know, Me- you could call them Megatron Rex. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> or Megasaurus. <laughs> Megatronus Rex. That could have worked, I think. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't think I think there's probably a reason that they stuck with Megatron because it's not as like Optimus Primal is pretty, like that's a pretty obvious and yeah, it has the it's clearly the same or based on the same character whether it's continuity or whatever. But um, well, with um with the Optimus, it's kind of like I was saying with Megatron being a title rather than an actual name that someone has. Um, Prime is the title of Optimus Prime, not Optimus, because there's other Prime. Yes. So it's mm. kind of like it's interesting that they changed. It's still Optimus, but Primal. So it's like that's they kind of like it's they made the they changed which part is like the the passed down name. I I wonder if I mean I know that they they change things so that there is continuity there or they they do things that so that there is continuity to that connects them between the series. I wonder if at this if those were actually retcons if at this point they were just trying to start fresh and and sort of have nods to previous incarnations. There's enough like hints to later stuff in the beginning that I think they planned a lot of this stuff out beginning, but I don't know who knows. Or or maybe the toy designers didn't factor in the the storyline when they that's made the probably toys. the case yeah. is they made they made a toy called Optimus Primal and they're like okay cool let's like do that <laughs> so moving on to the next question uh is actually from Zach he's the host of TWM oh wait what about uh oh yes uh, Eric's, Eric's other question up. yes because you <laughs> really like this one Jordan <laughs> yeah he, Eric asks would you rather have Rhinox or Hudson from Gargoyles as your second in command. And I had to because as like characters from the shows, it's really hard to decide, so I had to go by their voice actors. So I had to look <laughs> up I had to look up who was Rhinox and who was Hudson because I couldn't remember specifically. Mm-hmm. And 
Rhinox's is uh, Richard Newman, who does a lot of great stuff, and he's done like quite a few cool things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I found out that uh, Hudson was voiced by Ed Asner. Yeah, and I'm like, that that has to be it because I mean, it's Ed Asner. <laughs> is he the guy with the really deep voice? I know that one of the gargoyles has yeah. a voice actor yeah. that's got a real deep voice. No, that's that's yeah. um the main guy Goliath. Hudson's like the old guy who's he's pretty much he's, he's like got Hudson the is the Rhinox. Right, right. To to Goliath. Okay. Like he's like the older veteran guy. Yeah. I think he, I saw two episodes of Gargoyles Gold. in nineteen ninety two or whenever it was out. Like I'm that is not a show that I have uh, any m- very many memories of, except for one time I heard that I saw the guy was in the cape. He was one. Of, uh, he was the character in the Cape, and I was like, I recognize that voice, and I looked him up, and he was a voice actor on Gargoyles, and I was like, Yeah, that's that guy. Mm-hmm. But, we uh, mentioned Gargoyles in both the last episode and this one. We did. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're definitely firmly implanted in the in the nineteen nineties Saturday morning yeah. cartoons. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I I was a big fan of Gargoyles, and I had this um, I had the VHS board game for it. Oh yeah, that's right. They did come out with one of those. It was it was it was packaged with the movie or not the movie, but like the first couple episodes was like kind of packaged as a movie. Yeah. With the VHSs. <laughs> with the VHS board game. Yeah. And that one, if I remember correctly, that show ended like it got cancelled and so there was a bit of a, a cliffhanger. So they never really got to finish the story. I think so, yeah. yeah. It was a pretty good show. It was. But- I know that it's it's definitely like well regarded. Again, I you know didn't didn't uh, watch it that much. I don't think. I think it was either it was a combination of like it was probably on the wrong channel, and then also it was like uh, I think it was mainly on like weekday afternoons. And I went to daycare in elementary school, so I didn't get to watch mm-hmm. TV yeah. on weekday afternoons. Well, it was part it was a of Disney cartoon too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a Disney cartoon. It was part of their Disney Saturday, like they. Oh, Disney Afternoon, like, that's what it was. Like it was on a, ABC it was a, or something? It, I think it might have been on Family. Like, up here in Canada, I remember one specific channel, I think it was called ITV, based out of Edmonton, that sh- that had it. And I think it might have been, like, Family Channel that like, had had it down in the States. But it was a Gargoyle, block. Yeah, Gargoyles maybe had, like, a few, was for a little bit here in the U.S. on the Disney Afternoon, but... Yeah. Because it was like actually kind of a darker tone that it wasn't on there on the Disney afternoon for very long. Mm -hmm. So and I I remember they got moved around a lot, too, which also made it hard Mm -hmm. for me to see it. But uh, but I think the I forget which cable channels had Disney's afternoon stuff like that. But they also sometimes would do reshowings of Disney stuff in the very early morning. So they had it then still. And I guess they figured since, you know, kids weren't always getting up that early except on Saturdays, they could just, like, show show the block. Like, how, like, one channel had, like, Fox had Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Sailor Moon. They had Gargoyles and... Darkwing uh, Duck. And Darkwing Duck. Or, Tailspin or, and Goof Troop, I think it was. Yeah. And then they moved it to ABC, and that's where it sort of died its quiet death. But the answer to the question... It's it's a tough question. I think I might go with Hudson because Hudson's story doesn't end at crippling disappointment. 
<laughs> That's true. Geez, spoilers. I don't know what Rhinox's story ends with, but uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to say... I, I'm, I believe me, I'm being vague enough that you don't no idea what happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say Rhinox because Rhinox is a, a really solid second in command, and uh, he's not a gargoyle. <laughs> It'd be pretty cool to have Rhinox, like, because it could ride Rhinox and be like into battle. That'd be pretty cool. But like, I don't know. Like I said, Hudson. I don't know. Also, I trust just, technology uh, more than I trust magic. <laughs> there, there is also the limitation with Hudson as well that he's a big statue for the day. Oh yeah, during during the day. Yeah, and That's true. Rhinox also Rhinox is capable all day and yeah. all night. And he's got two ginormous chain guns. Yeah, I guess I'll still go with Rhinox, even though, yeah. <laughs> Not that I don't uh, love Hudson, because I, I, I do I love Hudson. Rhinox. But yeah, but yeah but I, I, I think I'd have to go with Rhinox myself. Let's see, like I said, I just have to go with the voice actor, because, I mean, Ed Asner was, uh, he was Ed Lunsler in the Boondocks, uh, Granny Goodness in, in those DC shows, yep. Sergeant Crosgrove. Like, even Dave if I was Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> Like even even if I wouldn't uh, want Jay Jonah Jameson as my second in command. <laughs> <laughs> like even if I I wasn't getting advice from him, I probably would constantly ask him ask him <laughs> to do these bits with me. Ah, <laughs> uh, that'd be great. So yes, now moving on to Zach's question. So Zach, the host of TWA, also on AudioEntropy.com, uh, he asks in general. Or rather, he states, in general, I think the writing and art hold up pretty well. But he's curious if we think the acting holds up well or not. And also, are some of the vocal tics like, yes, too much nowadays? No, it, it holds <laughs> up so well. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, think the acting on this show is very solid. Yeah. I, I say it depends, because, I mean, Cheetor's growls are just... <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's bad. But yeah, like uh, uh, Megatron's vocal tics aren't 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 as uh, like too much as as you think they would be at this point. They mm-hmm. they seem to they seem to still work. It's almost endearing for the character when you think about it. Like it's one of those things that you automatically associate when you think of Megatron from Beast Wars. Yes, is one of the things that you <laughs> always remember from it, and you don't think about it in a negative connotation. Right. I will say I think, I, think, I think Cheetor gets better as time goes on, and yeah. I will say, in terms of voice acting, it's still good because no one could pull off those lines well. Like those, they're just bad lines. <laughs> I think the voice. I think the voice acting is is really is really solid. Like I've yeah I've uh, I've watched a, a decent amount of uh, children's television in my lifetime, and sometimes it sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I feel like Beast Wars, the the performances. Um, certainly hold up very well. Um, we'll see about the catchphrases because I'm already getting tired of that's just prime. <laughs> um, I'll never get tired of that. <laughs> it's like, but like that one. I'm, but then like, but then like we're all gonna die. I really like. Yeah. And Megatron just sort of chewing the scenery. I really, I, I think works really well. So it's like some some of it is. Um, you know, it kind of it 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 actually for something that is not necessarily self-aware, like it. I think it it sort of they they went at it and they tried to make just this thing that's really cool, 
and maybe has some some comedic mo- some intentional comedic moments, but isn't necessarily super self aware of its cheesiness. Mm-hmm. It it embraces the cheesiness just just right. It's just like the you know the techno babble in the first episode that I love so much. Yeah. Like that wasn't necessarily intentionally we're saying things that don't make any sense, but it, it, but it just it works really well because it's it's like um. It's like an example of the it's a good example of the cliche without without being, you know, intentionally inserted this cliche. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a good point to make with it. Yeah. But myself personally, thinking back on the especially the voice acting, up until I wanna say it was like ten years ago. I did not realize that Scott McNeil voiced four separate characters in that show. Like that's how well he was able to differentiate each character. Yeah, he's he's great. Yeah, it it really is a testament to the range that he had in the show. And he said many times that this was his favorite show to do. And it really comes off <laughs> that he really enjoyed playing the parts. <laughs> Moving on, we've got a question from Jonathan. A different Jonathan, not you. Different Jonathan. (laughs) Uh, Jonathan, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right. It's another name that I am going to curse myself if I mess up. Uh, Jonathan Melchiad, or Melchiad. He asks, if you could have a new Beast Wars game, who would you want to make it, and what kind of a game would you want it to be, excluding MMO RPGs because he thinks that's too easy. I would have never picked MMORPG <laughs> myself. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> There's only ten characters. <laughs> well, I mean, I assume that you would make your own character and be like, "Oh, look at my cool OC Beast Wars thing," which which isn't a bad idea. It's just not what my mind would have gone to. Really. No, it's myself a, personally, MMO that only only ten people can can join. <laughs> myself personally, just because I'm a huge fan of of the series and the company. Uh, I would have loved to have seen a Bioware Mass Effect type game. Okay. I hold on. There was a what was it? Devastation was that it? Yep. That, uh, the, the, the newest that, uh, one that platinum came out. Did. Platinum. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So like, yeah, maybe if they if they did one with the Beast Wars franchise, that might be interesting. That'd be good. Yeah. That was going to be one of my picks, and hopefully, like they wouldn't screw up it, screw it up a bit of the Trent, the Ninja Turtles game wasn't very good. Mm. Yeah, um, I would say I would want a 16-bit side-scrolling 2D beat 'em up. <laughs> I think I think that's I think that's what I would. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't I don't particularly think that, or maybe a Telltale. I've never played any Telltale games, but maybe someone I would said like that on yeah. the group, Alex. Yeah. And I think <laughs> no, I, I, I think Telltale, like much like Platinum, if they're at their highest, Telltale can take any license and make a cool game out of it. Yeah. And that's so I would like to play that. My pick would have been um, either Platinum, like uh, Jordan said, or High Moon, who made like the Transformers War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron Ooh, games. That would have been really good. Um. Because they already proved that they can do really good Transformers games, although they kind of messed up on uh, the. Oh, they actually didn't make it. They 
there was a third Transformers game in the same line yeah. as Fall Cybertron and and uh, War for Cybertron. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I guess it was made by another studio because I'm looking at their Wikipedia page right now, uh. and um, that wasn't very good. But they did the first two ones really well, and I think they could do something cool with Beast Wars as well. Yeah. Well, I think They're definitely good right. at handling the license. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think you're really onto something with that. I think, yeah, the guys who did War for Cybertron, I think, could have done something really, really good. Especially if they could have gotten the voice cast back. If oh, they could yeah. have gotten the voice cast back, ne- I thought that would. I wonder if Niantic could do like a Beast Wars Go. <laughs> what would that even be? <laughs> you're trying to find. Uh, 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 okay, here, here we go. Here we go. It's a. Uh, it's it, 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 you're, So you have to go to find the Energon. But you can only play for ten minutes at a time, and then you have to pay microtransactions. <laughs> that sounds Aww. so incredibly evil. Megatron <laughs> would love it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our last question from James Henson, uh, he says, "Hear me out. What if all the giant beast robots were piloted by tiny men in funny costumes?" What? If? Okay. Um, what? What's it? What's the rest? Said here now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, I know he's obviously you know making a Power Rangers yeah. reference, but I was also reminded of robotics. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, and I honestly don't know who remembers that. I just remember that it was one of the like there was a cartoon movie cassette that I that I had of of the that was a tie into the toy line that I always watched a lot of, and it was like. I guess actually thinking back on it, besides like Transformers, it was probably like one of the most earliest animes I've ever seen. Mm. Robotics. Okay, so here's yeah, here's, here's how here's mm. here's how I got it figured out. Okay, so they are actually they're in that when they talk about because actually it would make a lot of sense because it's actually like when they have their co- their names, that's why they're like blank slates. Because it's just a person is just piloting a generic robot, and then when they land, then they then they create the they create the you know the beast form or whatever you know they do the scanny thing, and um, and so that's why they that's why they change their names because it's actually you know I'm rat you know rat trap. It's just the code name of even though the guy the guy that's piloting is like George or something. <laughs> but, but they never mentioned those names ever. I was gonna say it'd be a very different show. It'd be a mix between like Zoids and Gundam. Yes. I was thinking of Zoids myself. The Zoids don't transform, right? They're just like no. animal robots. Well, sort of, kind of. One of the Zoids series, I know the the main, I think it was Liger, he had like three different forms. Like he had mm-hmm. interchangeable armor components, if I remember correctly. But I think that was the closest that you would have gotten to it. So if it, you said it's a correlate, his 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 questions like a parent's reference, which I didn't get at first, but after you said it, I totally did. Um, <laughs> so if there's Zords, if, allow me to propose a question on on my own podcast or our own podcast. Um, if there's Zords, how would they make mega like the Megazord? Like who would be what body part? Okay, so Rat Trap would be the head. <laughs> <laughs> because he's like smaller than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that uh, um, uh, uh, Optimus would be like like the trans like the T Rex droid. He would be sort of like the base around which all of the sort of like or the actually torso. like like the Thunder Zord. Actually, it would be a better 
example, the, oh, okay. the, the Red Dragon Thunderzord. He like he turns into a dude, and then all the other people just are just like armor or whatever. Um, and then I would say, and then I would say the logical thing would be for Rhinox to be uh, the legs, and then um, and then uh, I guess Cheetor would be the arms or something. Cheetor, or Cheetor and Dinobot, would be one would arm, be and Dino, okay. Dinobot would be the other would be the other arm. Okay. Or or is Dinobot the Green Ranger in this? So is is Dinobot his own thing, and then he gets like, and then he transforms, and then everybody forms with him except for Optimus. Or they Dinobot's all form the together Ranger. to make an Ultra Absorber, and, and then they also, yeah, they also can do that. Obviously, mm-hmm. so if Dinobot's the Green Ranger. Is is Tigertron the White Ranger? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's Actually, just like Tigertron is pro- like. Uh, Tigertron is more like the Green Ranger than Dinobot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Cause, true. Because he comes and goes. Yeah. Mm. See, that's what it was. He wasn't out commuting with nature. He was going to karate tournaments. All the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finding those you know, robot you know, buddies. I, yeah. Since I have a me, since we brought up the karate tournaments, I feel like I feel like the. Uh, the, the the teenagers with attitude people give Tommy a hard time about how he's always got this super important karate tournament to go to, and so he's neglecting his friends. Maybe his maybe these are actually important karate tournaments, and his friends are just not supporting him with that with that at all. <laughs> how many important karate tournaments could happen so close together though? It's like, like I mean, if you're in a league. If you're like, you know, I mean, like you know, as somebody who has, you know, like when I did when I did Magic the Gathering, like. There I was about are, to say, this isn't Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Friday Night Magic, a Friday Night Karate Tournament. <laughs> well, no, but I'm not. Sa- I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Uh, like maybe there's a circuit. Like, um, like on you know there it here it, this week it's in Angel Grove, and then next week it's in like a, some suburb an hour away, and then the next week it's you, you know I mean I mean he's going and these are big money tournaments. I mean. He's got to pay for all those shirts with no <laughs> sleeves or something. I don't know the joke. He's the he doesn't he has sleeves in his shirts, right? Some he's got to pay, he's gotta pay for all those green green shirts with holes with the uh, the, the all the holes <laughs> the tank tops with the holes. I totally had I totally had like so many clothes that they wear in Power Rangers when I was when I was younger. So like they question a lot of those styles, and I'm like I I wore clothes like that. People, no, people I, I recognize the like '90s style, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's our Power Rangers tangent for the episode. (laughs) So, in closing, I guess we can say not as good as the first episode, but at least it, you know, sort of closed it out. From there, we'll just sort of see how it progresses from here. I think over the course of the series, it it definitely, like, there's some turds for episodes, but there's definitely some that are really good. Yeah. At this point, it's a lot of like I don't remember what happens, so I'm really excited for the next episode. Yeah. All right. So that's our episode, folks. Actually, after this episode, this will be our third episode, so we should be able to get up on iTunes. We will let you know, of course, on Audio and Entropy, as well as Twitter and the Facebook group. So if you find us on Twitter, please feel free to rate us. Uh, we'd love to have some feedback as well. We still got the Twitter at Warren Beast, uh, the Gmail Warren Beast Podcast at gmail.com. And we've got our Facebook group, Warren Beast Podcast on Facebook. Uh, if you're already part of the Teenagers with Attitude group, 
you should be able to find us on there. If not, it's a public group now. So if you just search for War and Beast, you should be able to find it. I think it's pretty much like the first option there. And we'd love to have any feedback. Yeah. So I guess with that being everything said. Do we want to do any plugs? Yes. Does anybody have anything to plug this week? I actually do have another one. Oh. Um, as you as I mentioned last time, I think before, or I've mentioned before, Darren Husted has done a bunch of like rewatch podcasts. Yes. And when this goes up, uh, a new one just started, and it's been and it's called "I've Made a Huge Mistake," and it's a <laughs> it's an Arrested Development rewatch podcast. Oh, and yes, I've heard of that. Yes, and it's just wonderful. And I know I'm going to be on one of the episodes. I think. Oh, cool. Uh, Episode, nice. when we when they talk about episode eight, but they're planning on like putting out. I think they said twice weekly. Oh, so wow. like two, yeah, because they they he he he's a he's one of those ed- editors who also like works really hard to make a a very s- specific schedule so he can actually make these kinds of claims. Yeah. So, but um, so yeah, that's uh, that's going to be. St- going on all the, all this like the next couple of weeks and it's pro- probably get a lot of fun if you've uh you know if you've seen the show or or like know about the show like they they kind of like not only break it down but uh, I know the first episode involved someone who was actually working on Fox when uh when the, when it was uh airing oh, so wow. yeah and I love he mentions like one of the little stories he tells is about how the uh the editors like the show editors and the people in the in the editing department loved the show and they started picking up like some of the things that were said so like he said he would sometimes be going past their offices and he'd hear them shouting no touching no touching <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um i'm just uh, you can go ahead john sorry um, I feel I feel kind of shitty now, but um, <laughs> it's okay. That. I'm last alphabetically. Uh, it's appropriate that you go first. Okay. So, um, I, as always, I have to plug my uh, Tumblr uh, where I post all my artwork, Danger Chairs at uh, sorry, DangerChair.tumblr.com, and I also post on Twitter at JohnDar726. My latest piece was another uh, fan art for TWA, and, and I promise <laughs> that's not all I draw. I draw like a lot of other stuff too. And my next picture is actually going to probably be another fan art for TWA, but this is my last one. So um, until the next. But one. yeah, this one is a uh, is a is another um, pairing picture. Jammy, Jason, and Tommy. <laughs> super awesome gay fan art that I was super excited that Steve Cardenas, Rocky, favorited uh, uh, Instagram. I thought was pretty cool. Yes, I saw that. That's really awesome that he did that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So um, I've got. Uh, I probably will post an episode of of my on my Kendall Cast iTunes feed of me rambling about something. I saw a, a artsy fartsy film in a theater last week. Maybe I'll talk about that. I don't know. I keep meaning to record an episode and, and just haven't gotten around to it this week. Uh, I also. Um, I did want to mention that I do musicy things, um, and I'm on Bandcamp. Uh, I don't know what the URL is, but it's Kendall Hallman on on Bandcamp, and uh, I have some stuff there, and I'm trying to make it a real page. Uh, and then I'm at K Hallman on Twitter. Mark my words: if two of you follow me, 
I will start tweeting again. <laughs> you heard I, it, folks. I need, I need two. If I pick up two followers from this episode, there we go. And I'll know can it be can it be me and, and and one of the other members, or does that have to be <laughs> like fans? I think I'm already following him though, since since we started this up. If I'm so, not, I will so it has it, so it has can't to be, be can't be the fans, co-host. Huh? It's got to be two. It's got to be two people who I at least <laughs> think are not my co-hosts. <laughs> So you guys are welcome to create fake accounts and follow me. Just don't tell me. Well, but I, there yeah. You if I if I have like if I get because I did pick up one follower from the one of the from like the the zero episode or something. Nice. Um. So so if I pick up like if I pick up like one more follow or two more followers, then I I'm gonna start like tweeting on regularly about things because I'll assume that means that people want to hear what I have to say. And they're not just following because of leftover Magic the Gathering podcast days. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. So that's all of our plugs. Uh, again, please feel free to follow us on any of the uh, aforementioned social media options. Uh, so for Warren Beast, I've been Greg. I've been John. I've been Jordan. And I've been Kendall. And let's roll. That's just prime. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be called War and Beast, something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> something like that is the best part of that. 